We have to practice. <laughs> this is Justin. And Teresa. You're listening to a Perfect Mess podcast. On today's episode. But that wasn't really a vagina. It was like more like a weird mermaid opening. Like, what the fuck am I watching? And I was very uncomfortable. going got your notes out i don't need notes i'll open them when need be <laughs> i only took notes on your movies i don't I, I should have taken notes on my movies but it was just way too late last night for my brain to function like that it's okay yeah you know is before we even start is are three movies too much five definitely were too much i don't think three is too much it's just i got i was very oh. sidetracked this week yeah. by other things no i agree all yeah. right fair enough because I feel like last time and this time, I was watching the movies until this morning. Yeah, but I think had I not had certain things that I had to take care of, I would have been able to pace myself more. Okay, fair enough. Honestly. All right, so anyway, uh, welcome back to A Perfect Mess, episode number Trace. Messy, messy, three. messy. Uh, we need a theme song. We do. We need a theme song. There's a song. few themes, things that we need. Which, ideally, by the time this gets published, will have been done. Oh my god, we should add sound effects. That's a really good <laughs> idea. That's a really good idea. That's a really good idea. I can make that happen. Um, yeah, we pull this little table out a little bit. I get a little sampler. A little, little thing with pads. What, we, what the fuck are you talking about? What pads? What? It's a little, it's like a little thing, right? Um, oh, you know oh I'm talking I, about? Said the, I thought you, you pointed to the table. I'm yeah, like, what does the table have it? to do with anything? It's got to be where we can both reach it. Okay. All right. Okay. Anyway, welcome back to A Perfect Mess. Today we're going to talk about a total of six movies. I think we're doing psychological thrillers. And we have both decided that in hindsight, we were not too thrilled with our choices. Mm. It's not that I wasn't thrilled with my choices. I just, as I was watching them, I went, oh man, I forgot about this movie, or oh man, I forgot about uh, that movie. I think movie. it's a little difficult to think about. Because we also what... picked very different movies. We did pick very, we did very, pick very different, different movies. movies. I think it's kind of hard, too, though, to actually like pinpoint a psychological thriller. There's yeah. a very fine line between like a psychological thriller and like a horror movie. And at the same time, your movies were more like murder mysteries. Yes. So I. Yes. This is a very wide category, mm-hmm. which we were talking about this earlier. A, a version two of this may be warranted in the near future, mm-hmm. just to explore some other movies that you know we can also dive into. Yeah. Yeah, because I could definitely easily pick three more. Yeah, me too. Hundred percent. Right now. Ditto. But um. Well, I could pick two of my three right now. In fact, one of them I'd really like to watch right now. What? Copycat. Okay. Great movie. All right. So, the the movies that we picked, my three movies were Identity with John Cusack, mm-hmm. Frailty with Matthew McConaughey, obviously, and Dressed to Kill with with Michael Caine and you know we will we will get into that we sure will <laughs> I picked um creep fucking creep I picked session 9 and I picked the lighthouse with my boy R Pats now again another thing I've noticed 
is you tend to pick the more traditional, well-known, yeah, you're established. Very, you're very artsy. I'll Not take that. Not artsy. You're I'll, very I'll, indie. I'll, I'll take that. You're very That's indie. fair. That's fair. And I think that's partly because I'm one of those people that, while I like to watch new things, I, brand, I, I, I replay the same a lot. Yeah. You know, like, Justin, Justin challenges himself way more than I do. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll watch Friends for the 15,000th time. I wouldn't say it's so that I challenge myself. It's I'll browse, like, the different streaming services. No. And if something looks interesting, I'll give it a shot. See, I don't browse. Hmm. I, I, I got myself a watch list, and I'm like, oh, look, I'll watch Newsies again. It's fine. I like to browse because I find stupid shit to watch just like on the back. It's too overwhelming for me. In the background as I'm working, just like something stupid. It's it's too much for me. Like between Amazon Prime, Netflix, Hulu, Shudder, Disney Plus. I'm like, oh my God, you should get Shudder. Listen, Shudder is pricey. I'm not going to lie. It's like 60 bucks for the year. But Justin, you would fucking crush Shudder. I watched something on Amazon Prime. Um, I know you don't like found footage, hmm. but it was one of those like ghost hunter things. Um, the Blackwell ghost. Oh God. It was so good. I watched, he's got four. I watched all four in like a week. They're did really... you watch the sequel to creep yet? Yeah, I did. Oh, of course you did. When I searched creep on Netflix, <laughs> I was like, fuck you. There's a part two. So I guess, can we start with creep? Well, do you want to start with creep or do you want to just get the, get the, the okay, astronomicalness get, of let's dress, get dress to kill, to kill out, out of the way. way. So. Again, so hang on. Wait, before we start, okay. <laughs> I, I think we need to, to throw this into every episode because we didn't do it in the, in the other two. There's going to be severe spoiler um, spoilers ahead. Oh, hashtag truth. So legit, um, by now, we strongly suggest that you at least watch some of these. If you're interested in any of these movies, watch them before you continue to listen. Yeah. Um, because it, it'll just bring more to you otherwise you have just no yeah, idea what you're we're otherwise about. you're just listening to us ramble on and me calling justin a dick every 2.5 seconds <sighs> i want a bell i'm, I'm telling you bell. listen if this podcast takes off and we get a twitter following i want people on twitter to do a hashtag count of how many times i call you a dick, dick in one count. episode because okay. i'm pretty sure that the werewolf episode was at least 15 <laughs> and you know what that's why i don't feel bad that i made you watch dress to kill because you made me watch fucking paris Dick. We're past that. Whatever. We'll, right. we'll never be past that. Okay. Tell, so, the, tell okay. the kids about Dress to okay. Kill. Okay, hang on. First of all, a little backstory. Go ahead. Okay? I went to film school mm-hmm. at Hofstra. Hang on. <clears throat> Bless you. Edit that out later. I went to film school at Hofstra back in 2001, 2002-ish. So when I was in film school, I was taking a film... Are you going to need a refill of that? How are we going to hit No, that? I'll be all right. I'll just I'll, I'll swing out of the whiskey bottle when I'm done. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Text, um, text my wife. Have us bring us up. All right. We don't right. need okay. right. it yet. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Listen, here's the All other right. thing with this podcast right. that you have to understand is... They can hear the ice. We've decided that this podcast is better when we drink more. So we're drinking a lot. Justin is drinking mon- Monkey Shoulder. No, I'm going through the cold brew. <clears throat> oh, he's first. going through the Jameson cold brew. I'll save, I'll save you the, the... And I am drinking a rum bucket punch that I made last week. Anyway, so I went to film school. And one of the classes I took was a film history class. Mm-hmm. And the final paper of the film history class, I had to write a paper about a movie that was significant to the year I was born. 
Now, I'm not going to lie. I did not hand this paper in on time. It was about four weeks late. I was born in 1980. Hashtag old. Mm -hmm. So as I was researching significant movies, this movie, Dressed to Kill, believe it or not, kept popping up. Okay. It was a big deal for 1980. Brian De Palma back then was like today's Quentin Tarantino. I'm sure in 1980, this blew people's minds. So here's this the thing. This was probably like, what? So this even in 2001, 2002, when I watched it, I was like, oh, all right, all right. This is pretty decent. This is... So I watched it again last night, and I was like, oh, this did not age well. <laughs> I'm like, Justin's going to fucking kill me. He's probably like, he's probably ready to like pitchfork my head. So you know the end of the movie? Yeah. When they're sitting in the restaurant and they're talking about... That's my favorite part. That's my favorite part. You know the part. woman at the other table yeah. who's... <laughs> so that part comes on last night and I was like, this is Justin watching this movie right now. I'm like, this is Justin's face. Okay, so anyway, Dress to Kill. Brian De Palma, 1980. It is about a woman who it's basically kind of like a softcore 1980s porn who is unsatisfied with her sex life. So she has an affair and ends up being murdered in the elevator after mm -hmm. said affair. A high end prostitute sees the body as it's, as she's dying and sees the murderer. So it becomes like this whole thing. There's a therapist involved. It's all about like, uh, what with cross dressing trans with trans transgender I don't know what I I don't know the correct term I apologize it's okay um and cross transgender Tra no he wanted a sex change so that yeah. would be a transgender yeah right it's a transgendered yeah. individual so like now they're like trying to kill like the the prostitute and the dead woman's kid is involved listen for for you know it, it it has its merits so I it's think a big thing about feminism the movie there, there was a lot of not feminism in a good way maybe feminism is not the right word what, what am i talking about right i now? don't know i'm gonna drink more rum punch so the one sentence summary right the, the psychiatrist is transgendered and if the psychiatrist has male around he he it, if he wants to, just don't be technical about it. If the psychiatrist wants to if he gets sleep a boner. with, yeah, yeah, if he gets a boner, the girl, the cross gender portion of him wants to kill the wants girl. to kill the girl because that portion wants the maleness of the therapist to be suppressed. Now, nineteen eighties and all like, nineteen eighties. This must have like blown people's minds. Well, because, I mean, the first scene of the movie is, like, literally a fully naked woman. But that makes no sense. Can we talk about that right it, now? Uh, it doesn't make any sense. But, again, like, you, it, it means nothing now in 2020. But in 1980, you didn't see things like that. Okay. All right. Ready? Number one. Oh, God. Here we go. The open credits, right? Woman's naked in the shower. Now, I'm watching this on the TV. Usually, I just kind of watch TV on my laptop and whatever. I'm watching this on the TV. My wife's getting her hair done. She's naked and, like, playing with herself. The woman. Yeah. Yeah, the woman, not my wife. <laughs> the way you said that would totally lead somebody to think that. <laughs> right? And I'm like, shit, she's going to walk in the door right now and catch me watching this. And I'm going to have to explain. Oh, no, Teresa told me to watch it. Which would kind of yeah. be even worse. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, whatever. I'm watching that. And she's watching some other dude shave. Which was her husband. Which is... That, that was, was her husband. No, it wasn't. It was, too. No. 
Negative. Yes, because she basically wanted that guy to look at her and come into the shower so that they could have shower sex. Okay. It was somebody... No, it, ma- was, it was her husband. It was her husband. Then, magically, there's another dude in the shower that, like, snatches her up from behind. Yeah. And nothing... They no, That's it. Nothing happens with that. Where did... He was having sex with her. Where did he come from? It was a dream. You can't do bullshit like that. Oh, my God. Why? It was a dream. I didn't know it was a dream. How did you... You didn't know it was a dream when she woke up the next morning and she's having sex with her husband? No. It was a dream. It wasn't real, Justin. That explains that. (laughs) The second thing that drove me nuts, I didn't think it was suspenseful at all. It was suspenseful. It didn't didn't age well. Like... It was... I felt like it was a little slower now. I felt like I was waiting online in the supermarket for self-checkout. Like, do you ever watch... Do you ever have someone in front of you at the supermarket and they're just slow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was like. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It's it's really not a movie that has aged well with the times. Like, I remember the first time I watched it, which, again, was about 10 years ago. What, not 10 years ago? 20 years ago. Yeah. Fuck my life. Can we talk about how the son looks like a dollar store Harry Potter? Well, because it's the guy. I know it's the guy. It's, 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 oh God, what the hell is his name? Who? That guy. He Harry was Potter? In, no, not Harry That's Potter. That's not Harry Potter. Not Harry Potter. The son, he was in The Legend of Billie Jean. That wasn't Harry Potter's father. He got killed by Voldemort. Oh my God, you're such a dick. <laughs> Hashtag one. one. I know it wasn't, but what the hell was that guy's name? Oh, he's a popular actor. He was in Christine. Okay. You know what? Fuck you. I'm going to look it up. And um, the murder weapon is... A blade. The psychologist's razor blade. Yeah. And when he emphasized that the killer took his razor blade, that was a dead giveaway. That was a dead giveaway. Yep. That was a dead giveaway. I didn't think so. I thought it was a dead giveaway when he goes to see the other psychiatrist. And the uh, like yeah, the look on yeah. the other psychiatrist's face is like, mm, okay, just talk to me about yourself. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I thought, it was a big deal in the 80s. I'm sure it was. Like, people, like, I'm sure apparently, like painted red paint over the movies and it really? was like objectification of women and okay. violence against women. Yeah, but that's not the first movie in which a woman's the victim. I think it was more the sexual aspect of it. Okay. Honestly. Peter, no, Keith Gordon. Keith Gordon, oh my God, he was in Back to School also. That was a good movie. Like that was that a song. great movie. Oh, like he's a director like now. Look at you, Keith Gordon. <laughs> I like the part when she freaks out because she thinks she's got gonorrhea oh, and syphilis. Oh, got the venereal disease? I, <laughs> I was like, first of all, why do you need to leave a note? Like, that was the other thing. Like, the the, the antiquatedness of it. Yeah. Like, I'm going to leave yeah. a note. Leave a sexy little note. I got to go, like, call the police on a payphone. Like, I can't just text you and be like, I got a psycho killer chasing me. You know? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, okay. So, listen, I, was, so I blundered. That's okay? all right. Listen, I was, I was grossed out in the, um, when they're in the art studio. That grossed you out? Two things grossed me out. And I, I got very uncomfortable while I was watching this. Number one. Really? She's sitting on the bench, mm-hmm. and he sits next to her. Okay. If I was sitting on a public bench, and a stranger sat next to me, 
I would go absolutely berserk. Yeah. I would lose it, it, my mind. You know, I feel like, like out it, of all the places you could possibly be right now. You have now, to sit right next to me. You have to read next to me. I feel like it teased whether and like whether or not they had like met before they knew each other. You yeah. know, like I thought for a while that it was like that they knew each other somewhat. And then after she drops the glove in the art studio. The whole glove thing was weird. Yeah. Yeah. But did you notice he puts the glove on? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I did. That's so gross. Yeah, I did notice. That First of all, how so did it gross. fit on his hand? If, if I'm like a petite woman and you can fit my glove on your hand, I wouldn't want to have sex with you. But that was facts. so gross. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just, I'm aware of what things are in the city. Yeah. And you know they sell those subway cars? Of course they do. Yeah. I noticed that. Yeah. Okay. So listen, I... You know, I, I give it credit for the boobs. Credit for the boobs? Yep. They show boobs. Some sick boobs. That was my first note. Sick boobs. <laughs> sick boobs? Sick You're boobs. such dick. <laughs> Two. It's like a 55-year-old woman. Justin's like, sick boobs. Yeah, not bad. Um, what else we got? I laughed at the gonorrhea. I laughed at the gonorrhea. I like the part where you say when they're eating dinner and she's ex- explaining what a sex yeah. change is yes. and the elderly woman yes. gets uncomfortable. Like, I, <laughs> I just kept it. I wanted to, like, take a picture of it and text it to you, <laughs> but we really try not to, like, talk about the movies beforehand, yeah. so I didn't. And what what struck me as weird as they, they hint as, like, um, dollar story Harry Potter and the prostitute that's the other main character that they're gonna like sleep together yeah and they but then the kids do. yeah but they hint at it but then the kid's mom's got 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 gonorrhea and syphilis what does that have to do with him she didn't have him when he had gonorrhea and syphilis but he's gonna sleep with a hooker he didn't know she was dead by that point they didn't know yeah but what do you think's going to happen to the kid if he has sex with a hooker? Okay, but number one, he had no idea that his mother might have had, might have had gonorrhea and syphilis because she was murdered in an elevator before that information right. could be divulged. But I do agree with you of the fact that it really did make it seem like they were going to have sex. Okay, so here's another thing that drove me crazy about this movie. Good. And this is just me being quirky mm-hmm. and being a girl with very curly hair. The shower scene at the end with the nurse. <laughs> so this fucking girl is in the shower. She's doing whatever she's got to do. She doesn't wet her hair, number one. Now, this is 1980, so she has very curly, very frizzy hair. I noticed that. I noticed that. I was getting claustrophobic about the fact that her hair was not wet because I have hair like that. And I was like, oh, like I was sweating. The other thing that pissed me off is you're taking a shower and the fucking tub is filling up with water. Drain, bleach your goddamn drains. Bleach doesn't do anything. Yes, it does. We've got, did we go over this? Bleach doesn't do anything. Bleach, do do I have to get Kev done on the phone in the middle of the podcast? No, but bleach isn't going to, if you have a clogged like tub or sink and you pour bleach in, it's not going to do anything. Bleach loosens the clog. No, it won't. I bleach my drains all the time. Yes, it does. You know how many clogs I've cleared with bleach with a gallon of cheap bleach. You pour a gallon of bleach? You pour a gallon of cheap bleach directly down the drain. You let Why? it sit for like 20 minutes a half hour. Then you know there's you easier ways to do this, blast right? the hot water down it and it dislodges the clog. Okay. It's better for your pipes than fucking Drano. Mm, okay. Alright, <laughs> just, just click your, click your thing. No! I gotta figure out a better system for this. That that's your, you know, household. Yeah. Household 
basic. Uh, I, don't know. I don't know. Dress to kill. Four to twelve. Oh, that's right. I forgot you have the fucking twelve. Four to system. twelve. God. I think if um, the killer wasn't transgendered, this would be a very boring movie. I'd give it a five. Okay. That it would never be made now. No. Could you imagine? Well, here's the thing, though. Maybe. But they would have to approach it differently. They approach it... They approach it as like... A sickness. Yes. They couldn't... Now they wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. If they approached it differently, I think they could pull it off. And to be honest, I think it'd be a pretty good movie because why wouldn't a transgendered person be able to kill somebody? If you truly accept Mm -hmm. it... That t- uh, if you can truly accept a transgendered person as a regular person that can do anything else, why wouldn't they be able to commit a crime? All right, Justin, let's not get political. I'm not being political. <laughs> let's talk about creep. Fucking creep. Fucking creep. So Justin text messages me maybe <laughs> about two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Before we decided Before we to do decided like a psychological thrill I'm on my way back from, from the doctor and he's like, hey, you ever see creep? I'm like, no. He's like, I'm eight minutes in and I'm highly uncomfortable. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so immediately I go home because Justin doesn't really get uncomfortable about anything. True. So immediately I go home and I watch the trailer. My first thought is, fuck you, it's found footage. I hate those movies. Mm-hmm. This one didn't really annoy me as much, though. You know it why? Was, it wasn't you really th- like found footage. Because you think all the found footage style is movies Blair are Blair Witch. Yeah. And the reason you don't like Blair Witch, I think, is two reasons. Number one, it's overhyped. At the time when it came out, it was it overhyped. Was overhyped. I was super obsessed. Right. With, like going to see it. And then number two, they run around and you get dizzy. Yes. When I saw Blair Witch, I had just gotten home from like a five-hour car drive from upstate, and then went to the movies to watch Blair Witch. And I, I can Im- I can imagine you watch the movie theater at the big ass screen. You bop it around. You get dizzy. Fine. So anyway, Creep. So I have renamed Creep. Now what, it's a what short is, movie. What did you rename it? It's a short movie. It's only like an hour and twenty something minutes, if yeah. even. I have renamed Creep. The movie of the pointless jump scare. And I have counted. There's a lot of jump scares. I have counted, as I was watching it, the jump scares. Was what, like six? No, it was ten. Okay. Ten. In an hour, and what was it, an hour and 25 <laughs> minutes? We have to understand, ten too. Ten jump scares. The jump ten. scares are legit. They're, Someone, not, they're dumb. But they're legit. Some guy jumping out and yes. yelling. yes. I could have called this movie the movie of the jump scare and foreshadowing. Because the amount of foreshadowing in this goddamn movie was ridiculous. One of the first notes I have, lovely foreshadowing with the axe. Yeah. All right, so let me see what, what Creep is about. Um, Creep is about this guy. He posts, posts a Craigslist ad. Um, he needs a videographer for the day. So our main character, I think his name is Aaron, um, yeah. decides to meet him at his, like... Aaron like a, is the guy that's doing the film. Yeah. Um, he meets him at, like, the, the vacation cabin. And the creep, I think his name is Jeffrey or something. Joseph. Joseph. Joseph says, listen, I have cancer. Um, I'm about to die, but I'm going to have a kid. I want you to film me throughout the day, so that way my kid can see this video... And my kid knows Which PS, who the father was. He references the movie with Michael Keaton yeah. and Nicole Kidman, My Life. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that movie? No. Oh, my God. It's so sad. This, is, this creep is not sad, but My Life is a very good movie. So just FYI. So 
they introduce, and he's like, all right, cool. Now, we're like five minutes into the movie now, right? He's like, all right, cool. Um, I'm going to hop in the tub. Just come with me real quick. Oh, my God. And I remember watching this eight minutes in going, what the fuck am I watching? And I was very uncomfortable. The reason I watched this movie in the first place is because Joseph, the main character, was in the TV show The League on FX. That was the only thing that drew me to this movie. Are you serious? Yeah, dead serious. My God, it's a guy from The League. That was a funny show. Oh, my God, I can't. This was not a funny movie. This was not a funny movie. Not a funny movie. I didn't hate it. Okay, can you tell me about Tubbies? Oh, fucking Tubbies. So the first scene of the movie when he's in the tub, he's reenacting what he would be doing if he was giving his son, his baby son, a bath, a.k.a. a tubby. If you're listening to this, pretend that you're holding a baby. In the, in the bathtub. Pretend, like, hold out your arms as if you're holding a baby. Yeah. And that's what this scene is. But it's like you're waiting. The creepy thing, though, is you're waiting for something inappropriate. Yeah. You're just waiting for him to be, oh, let me wash your penis. Like, you're waiting for something weird to happen. He tells this story about, like, when he was a kid, he used to have tubbies with his dad. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, first of all, never in my life have I had a tubby with either of my parents, ever. It's fucking weird. What about when um, he tells the story about Peach Fuzz with the animal porn? That was another thing. I was like, I was like, what? I okay. Oh my god, I can't. I really can't with this movie. I did like the fact that yeah. they had the black screen. What do you mean the black screen? Oh, was, was it was that the animal porn part? Yeah, I think so. And then he talks about like how he like put on the mask and like basically raped his wife. Mm -hmm. I liked how he was like, you can't film this. Yeah. And then they black screened it and you just read the words as it was like dubbed over. I appreciated that. But he, so the guy, the, the videographer guy is looking through this house and finds this creep ass werewolf mask. Yeah. And you're like, okay. And he starts, the guy starts to tell this story about his dad and his dad had the mask. And I was like, obviously your dad's a child molester. <laughs> Because he was telling how his dad, like, used to tell the kids he was the friendly neighborhood wolf. Number one, there was nothing friendly about this mask. Number two. It was a cool mask, though. It was a cool mask for Halloween, not if you're going like to children. It's like this giant, crazy werewolf mask. Yeah. But, like, if I ever went up to one of my nieces or my nephews with that mask on, they would run screaming for the yeah. hills. Screaming. So, like, th I, 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 this mask, and he's like, oh, my dad used to, like, go up to the neighborhood kids and have the mask. And I'm like, your dad's a child molester. Mm -hmm. So this explains why you're a fucking psychopath. Yeah. And you also, you know what else annoyed me about this movie? Good. At what point with everything going on do you put down the fucking camera and be like, uh, peace out, Cub Scout? Like, the lack. Okay, okay. So I give it. One of the cons I gave it was the cameraman, Aaron. Is an idiot. He's an idiot. He's an idiot. He's a flat out idiot. So he's trying to leave at the end of the night and Joseph keeps trying to get him to stay. Yeah. So he sits down, they have a drink. Aaron drugs Joseph's drink to make him pass out so that Aaron can find his car keys and leave. The reason Aaron couldn't leave is because he hit his car keys and he... Yes. Whatever. Yes. And, like, there's a phone call from, like, the sister, and the sister's like, you need to leave. My brother's like crazy. That? I thought that was a cool part. I didn't mind it. Okay. I okay. didn't mind it. Okay. But this is what annoyed me. So Joseph, not Joseph, Aaron mm -hmm. 
is trying to find a way to leave this, that, and the other thing. All of a sudden now it's the next morning. And he explains, so, um, Joseph ran out and I called a tow truck and you know, now I'm home. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You were in this random house with this guy who was basically holding you captive. Yeah. He won't let you leave. You can't find your car keys. You get a phone call from this guy's sister, basically being like, my brother's a fucking psychopath and he's going to kill you. Your, your thing is you call a tow truck. I would call the tow truck, be like, you need to get me the, the police here right now. And we, what? <laughs> I think a note that I wrote was, fuck you, Aaron. You deserve everything that's coming to you. That really pissed me yeah. off. <laughs> so now we're like at Aaron's house and he's going about and living his, and then, oh, Joseph's there not he is. gone. And again, he starts leaving him random DV. He still doesn't call the police. No, he calls the police. No, oh, he finally he calls does. the police. He finally does after like three fucking DVDs. He calls the police, then realizes that he doesn't know anything about him. Why that would you me insane. not bring these DVDs to the police though? Like, obviously, like I'm so maybe it's a female thing, but like if you're if you if you're a female it's and a you plot get gap. if you get a stalker. You're immediately ingrained what to do. You take all of the evidence that you have gotten from said stalker and you go to the police. But Aaron's just like, well, you know, this guy, like I had to do a job and now he's like leaving me things. And, and, and then he got pissed off when the police didn't do anything. Of course they didn't do anything. Are you kidding? You didn't like when, when Joseph breaks in and cuts a lock of his hair. Oh, that was creepy. That was creepy. That was very Charles Manson-esque. Yeah. I'll give you that much. That was that was pretty. But that pissed me off too. No, wait a minute. Go ahead. That pissed me off. Why? Too. Because that so was such a good scene. Apparently, Aaron just leaves fucking video cameras all over his house on. No. You don't review your footage. Joseph turned it on. Okay, fine. But if you have a video camera, you never go back and like watch the footage that you take. So I think one of the the things with found footage movies in general is they take it for granted that you accept that things are going to happen off screen because they're not going to be recording all the time. So maybe that's something that I was just like, how do you not? And I even think I wrote that. How do you not review the footage? Well, if he doesn't know it's there, why would he but look at still. it? Still, <laughs> I also wrote the examples of parenting in this movie are grade A. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't remember exactly what do I have parenting? before? Yeah, of like being a parent. It Why? was probably something around like the tubby time and the the. How werewolf. many takes do you think that took? What the tubby time? Tubby time, like how do you not crack up? As um, as you like good... pretending to eat, nibble on toes. Oh my god, that was the other thing. He's pretending to nibble on his kids. He's like, oh, they're so stink. And you know what's creepy about it is that when Kevin was a baby, I used to do that with Kevin. Hmm. Not in the tub. This obviously. explains. Explains what? You, what are you gonna you're say? Creepy. What are you gonna say? You creep. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Not in the tub, but like you would always be like, you, that's something you do with babies. Like you smell their feet because they're ticklish on their feet, and you're like, oh my god, your feet are so stinky. Okay. Like I used to tickle Kevin under his armpits and be like, you smell. That's what you do. What did you think of the very end? I didn't mind the very end. Okay. But after, so at the very end of the movie. It pissed me off because, again, he just goes to meet this fucking guy with yeah, no backup, no nothing. Like, why, why you wouldn't that. you go with a cop? 
Like I would have, I wouldn't have gone to the police cause I have police in my family, but I would have like called my brother-in-law and been like, this is what's going on. Get your fucking gun and let's go. Mm-hmm. Your brother-in-law is a cop too? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, so this guy just goes and meets this guy knowing that he's a freaking psychopath by himself. And he's like, I have set up my camera and I have <laughs> pre-programmed my phone to auto dial on 911. And I'm like, what the fuck is that going to do for you? First of all, your camera's 25 fucking feet away. No. So this camera's rolling. This guy's sitting on a random fucking park bench. And creepy Joseph comes behind him with the wolf mask on, whips out an axe, and axes him in the head. In broad daylight. I think when he axes him in the head, like, the sound it picks up, I thought that was done very well. Yeah. Okay. But then you get, like... The after-after? You get, like, the jump to, like, another video. And before you see that it's Joseph doing the video, I thought that it was Aaron again. And I was like, if this is a fucking setup, I'm going to be really pissed off. <laughs> and then you get another jump, another pointless jump scare. True. I was like, wh- why? I why? think the jump scares are just to reinforce that Joseph is a psychopath asshole. They were just stupid. See, literally, I wrote, this guy is officially a moron and he deserves whatever comes to him. <laughs> so the things that I put that I didn't think you would like. Number one, it's a found footage movie. But it, you know what? In the grand scheme of found footage movies, I, I didn't hate it as much as I thought that I would for a found footage okay. movie. good. That makes me feel good because there's hope for other. Yeah, but I just can't take like the running, the running, and the with camera the, like, bopping. The first camera, I, okay. I, can't. I can't. I understand that. Uh, number two is the guy with the camera is an idiot, which we we oh both agree. My God. Three. So stupid. I think she lost her voice from yelling at the movie by the peach fuzz scene thirteen minutes in. The the rape scene. Yeah. Or when he rubs his ass on the door. I, I literally when he wrote, rubs his ass on the door. So I wrote, I don't know about you, but I'd be looking for my car keys right now, not his cell phone. That was after like Joseph was like passed out and um, Aaron finds his cell phone instead of looking for his car keys and like the phone call from the sister comes. And then he goes to the front door, but Joseph is standing in front of it with the wolf mask on. Mm-hmm. And I write, he's rubbing his ass against the door with a wolf mask on whilst growling. <laughs> And then the camera just, like, skizzes out and goes black. Yeah, so and that's I, when it cuts back to his apartment. And I wrote, if this is another Blair Witch where the camera cracks and he's suddenly dead, I'm going to be fucking pissed. <laughs> and then I come back in all capital letters and go, oh, my fucking God, it's worse. After all that, you're home and you just write it off. What in the actual fuck? <laughs> and I really hoped that when he got that first box from Joseph, that the wolf mask would have been in the box. I thought it was going to be in the box. Too. I was like, please let it be. Or the like, wolf mask. remember when he was talking about the dream he was having, where him and Joseph were in a bathtub. Yes. <laughs> and Joseph had the <laughs> Joseph had the wolf mask on, and he had a baby wolf mask. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to send him like a little wolf mask. But instead, he sends him like a knife a, again, a stuffed foreshadowing, animal. yeah, and a stuffed animal of a wolf. So I'm like, is he supposed to sacrifice the wolf stuffed animal? So I watched the sequel. Of course you did. Um, the sequel is a continuation. I won't say much, but I will say that he speaks about Aaron in the sequel, mm-hmm. and he goes in the sequel. He's like, I don't know how much more obvious I could have made it to this guy. Yeah. I left an axe outside the house when he pulled up. 
Literally, the very first shot. And in the sequel, he says, I stood behind him for like 10 seconds. I don't know why he wouldn't turn around. Because when he first gets there in the first one, he goes up to the door and starts knocking on the door and nobody's there. Yeah, so he addresses it in the sequel as like, this guy was an idiot. He must have wanted to die. Hmm. Hmm. But. Okay. I made a note that I think this movie is like an experiment at how much you can make one character specifically to make people feel uncomfortable. Like, I almost thought that he was going to try to do, like, one of those, like, terror, like, I want to see how far I can, like, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4, Mm -hmm. where, like, the whole point was you have to, like, terrorize this person. You have to, like, terrify them. That's that's where I kind of thought that this was going for a second. But it didn't. No, it's just a serial killer. Yeah, it's just a serial killer. Just a serial killer. Mm-hmm. I, you, I didn't hate it. What would you give Creep? If I, uh, uh, what would I give Creep? Because it has to be at a fucking 12. It's, you can give it a score <sighs> however you see fit. I would maybe give it a 6. Out of maybe what? a 7, depending on the day, out of a 12. Alright, I gave it a 9 out of 12. Fuck you! I what? enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed you the movie. You gave it a fucking 9? Yeah. Tw- out of creepy, 12 out of 12 for Creepy. I, I can't. Why? You gave that movie a 9. Out of 12. Not 9 out of 10. But even still, a 9 out of 12, that's fucking high. I'm sorry. That's three quarters. No. That's no. 75%. No. No. Alright. Absolutely. Absolutely. I admitted my faults <laughs> with Dress to Kill. Thank you very much. Okay? Fucking 9 out of 12. <laughs> How you doing? You right with that? We might have to pause. I think I have to pee. All right, we take a break. Okay. We're back. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Chloe Kardashian's Instagram story. Drink update. I have left the rum punch because there's way too much juicy sweetness in it. Mm. And I now have some sort of ice pop grape thing that Stephanie bought. I don't exactly know what the name of it is. And then I have a Great South Bay Bomb Pop Seltzer. A monkey shoulder. He still has monkey shoulder. See, that's, see, see Justin's a, 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 a constant. I'm a, all over the place. See, I don't like rum. I know I'm not going to like the slushy things. It's too sweet. Oh, my God. It's really good. Let's see. Oh, I'm my bite. God. It's grape flavored. First of all, I love grape, like grape juice and grape soda. It's really good. Are you kidding? I don't like that one bit. It's like a grape ice pop, like, like when you were a kid, like the pushy ice. Oh my god, Justin, no. here's like. No, it's delicious. I don't care what anybody says. What do you want to talk about next? Um, it's very sour. It's grape. I like it. I don't. You want to alternate? You want to do one of my movies? Sure. So we have either identity or frailty. Could we do frailty? Okay, let's do frailty. Okay. We watched. We actually watched frailty together. We kind of broke the rules. We, we watched Frailty together the other day. What I did enjoy is you laughing at my reactions to that movie. I did. You know why? I, because I feel like he thought that I only picked this movie because Matthew McConaughey was in it. And that's not fucking true. That's a fair statement. That's not true. Okay. I, I don't mind this movie. Did I originally watch it for the first time because Matthew McConaughey was in it? Granted. Mm-hmm. I will give you that. But I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was a terrible movie. If you watch Frailty, whenever they show Matthew McConaughey 
look at his nose. Oh my God! The in comparison to his mouth. So Justin says this to me because his nose is wider you. than his mouth. Justin says this to me right as the mm. movie first starts, and we'll get into what frailty is about in a yeah. second. He's like, is he, and I now. Okay, side note: the day that we watched this, mm-hmm. we were together because it was mine. And our friend Joe's birthdays that had just passed. So we kind of got together to do a little birthday party celebration, especially because I had just turned the big 40, 4-0. The big 4-0. So I was slightly inebriated. Mm-hmm. I had been drinking the rum punch in buckets all day. Okay. So he says this to me, and I thought he said, is Matthew McConaughey's nose whiter? White. White, like he the color. I said white. Yes, then his mouth. I'm like, guy, no. Is I'm like, it's just the lighting. And he's like, the lighting. I'm like, it's the lighting. It makes it look whiter. And, and, and here I am. I'm about to pause the movie and pull out a measuring tape because I swear to God, his nose it literally is wider. Took until almost the like end length of the times width wider than his it mouth. It literally took until the end of the movie for me to realize that Justin was saying wider, not whiter. And I was like, are you saying wide? And I'm, I wasn't saying that to be a dick. <laughs> Like to like to be annoying. His, you leave McConaughey alone. McConaughey's fucking perfection. I'm just saying. Well, didn't he break his nose or something? He, he. I'm sure he has. Who hasn't broken his nose? You never broke your nose. I never broke my nose. That is true. Oh, that is true. Actually, I've never broken a bone. Me Knock neither. on wood. Me Knock neither. on. You've broken your nose. Nope. Really? What kind of fucking bullshit statement is that? In all, because you do Krav Maga. What makes you think? I was just maybe in, in a cross class. I have class, perfect got, symmetry. I'm not saying you in don't In my have, face. First of all, <laughs> first of all, you can break your nose and reset it yourself in 2.5 seconds. How would you know? You've never broken your nose. I know people that have. Oh numerous. T- I literally watched a guy, okay? He was on a skateboard. Okay. And he fell, face planted, broke his nose, and stood up and went poof and smacked his nose back into place. True fucking story. True story. All right, what's frailty about? <laughs> you know, you know what? I hate it when you don't when I say things and you don't believe me. Okay, I just want to get that like. Okay, you're a dick. I acknowledge. I acknowledge that you don't appreciate that. Why would I make a story like that up? I don't know. I don't think that you made it up. But I don't think that he actually broke his nose. Well, I'm sorry, but when there's, like, blood gushing to your nose and it's on, like, the opposite side, not the opposite side, but you know what I mean. Oh, okay. He clearly broke his fucking nose. All right, nose. okay. He broke his nose, he reset it. My God. Frailty. So, frailty is about... I took a lot of notes during this movie. He did take a lot of I notes. I took a lot of notes. Every time he took a note, I, like, glanced over and I was like, motherfucker. Anyway, frailty is about a serial killer called the God's Hand Killer. So Matthew McConaughey goes to a police station and is basically like, I know who the God's Hand Killer is. It's my brother. And he starts to recount this story of the God's Hand Killer, how it was originally their dad. Mm -hmm. And now it's the brother. And he's taking this detective on like, like where all the bodies are buried. And it's this whole like God Christian based thing, like the like God came to the dad and told him what his purpose was in life, mm-hmm. and the purpose was that the dad had to find and kill the demons, and when he puts his hand on the demon, he'll be able to see all their sins, and like the dad started to kill people. Okay. And Matthew McConaughey's character as a kid 
was very against it, like thought dad was crazy. Dad was a killer. And there's another brother. And the other brother was like, no, dad knows what he's doing. I can see the devil too. And I can see the demons and blah, 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 blah. And then there's the whole twist. Go. All right. Um, so off the bat, this is a Lionsgate movie. And I was surprised that this is a Lionsgate movie. He, when, when Lionsgate popped up on the screen, he was like, oh, this is Lionsgate? Okay. FYI, one of the first scenes also, um, Matthew McConaughey has, has no shirt on. So there's that. Um, the reason I was, like, I don't want to say surprised or impressed or whatever, because I feel Lionsgate movies, in general, they get shit on. And they tend to be, like, pretty decent movies. Yeah. But Lionsgate also had, didn't they also have that run with like... They did Dogma. Of course they did Dogma. But I mean, as far as horror movies go, they didn't they also have that run with like the cheesy 90s horror movies when like yeah. after Scream and everybody was making fucking horror yeah. movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a couple of cheese balls. They had a bunch there. of shitty movies, don't get me wrong. But... Oh, now I want to watch Dogma. That's a good movie. We should do a Kevin Smith episode. That's Let's we should do a Kevin Smith episode. Let's discuss this off air <laughs> because that might not that might not make for the best an episode. Not fun. Well, because I yeah, we would like agree on everything. Yeah, I mean, what's the point? Yeah, like, how can you critique Morats? It's fucking awesome. It's an amazing movie. Although I could shit on Chasing Amy all day. I fucking hate that movie. Well, there has to be a best and there has to be a worst. Mm. The worst is obviously Chasing Amy. So, okay, we're obviously sidetracking. That's so crazy, though, considering that's one of his most critically acclaimed movies. Really? Yes. Maybe because it's the most serious? People say that Chasing Amy is literally the best movie he's ever done. And Why? I think it is the shittiest. Why? I don't know. Like, in my opinion, Dogma is the best movie he ever did. That's debatable. I don't think Dogma is the worst. I love Dogma. It's a great movie. Um... Clerks, m- Mallrats. Hmm. Mallrats. Yeah, Mallrats right, is definitely in the top ten. Okay, yeah. Ba- yeah, back to back to what we're talking. Never about. mind. Sorry, segue. Um, his nose is wider than his mouth. I wrote that down. Not, his nose is not wider. Yes, it is. Than his mouth. I, oh my god! I I like. I want to like message him on Instagram and be like, "Can you measure your mouth and your nose?" Um. All right. So. I did enjoy the movie for the most part. Okay. It's not a terrible movie. It's not. It's it's really not. And Bill Pullman, who plays the dad, is also the director of the movie. And Bill Pullman's a decent was a decent director. Mm-hmm. He hath not be alive anymore. Right? There was a few like logistics. Bill Pullman or Bill Paxton? I don't know. What I didn't like about Pullman. it. Bill Paxton was in oh, Weird God. Science. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Come come back to me. Come back to me. <laughs> what I didn't like about it. I loved when they were kids. Like, mm-hmm. the entire part when they're kids, I enjoyed. When the son has to dig out the cellar, yeah, I was watching and going, there's no way that kid's going to dig out that cellar. But maybe it was like an exaggeration of what actually happened because the entire part of when they're children is Matthew McConaughey telling the yeah, story. It's like reca- a recount. A recount. So maybe it's an exaggeration or, or whatever. So... I'll leave that. My issues with the movie... God, this fucking ice is so good. My issues with the movie are mainly the scenes that involve the detective 
that is investigating the God's Hand killer in the present. Justin got so pissed off because at <laughs> one point, Matthew McConaughey... Hold, hold, hold. All right, keep going. Matthew McConaughey is bringing the detective that he's basically like confessing all of his brother's crimes to. He's going to bring him to the place where the bodies are buried. So they leave the police station and the detective goes, put these on and hands Matthew McConaughey a set of handcuffs. And Justin was like, wait, what? You don't do that. You don't do that. Like, you don't cuff someone from the, from the front. From the front. You never, you don't, you can choke the shit out of somebody with your hands cuffed in front of you. You never cuff someone from the front. Any competent police officer detective will tell you. You cuff someone from the back because they can't do anything. Okay, well, this obviously wasn't a movie based on the logistics of law enforcement. But doesn't he choke him? He hits no, him. No, he doesn't. He hits him. He hits him. He hits him. He doesn't choke him. He choked the shit, shit out of somebody with your hands bound. Okay. Uh, um, okay, okay. All right. Second, you tell me you put handcuffs on. Do you think I'm going to put them on tightly so I can't escape? Yeah. Yeah. That part was weird. I would give you that. I'll give you that. And then... The detective should have been like, let's go, we're cuffing your ass. Or why would the detective go alone? Well, it was in the middle of the night. Why would the detective meet with this guy in the middle of the night? Because he thinks that he's going to crack this case. Don't they have partners? Doesn't every detective have a partner? Not, No, not necessarily. I don't think detectives have partners. I can find out an answer to that question. But, all right, that would be helpful. <laughs> And I'm going to send a little text message. Go for it. So, um, no, you're right. I don't think every detective has yeah, a partner Yeah, I don't all think detectives have partners. But still, when you're meeting with a stranger, I, I, whatever. Whatever. All right, slow down. The first thing I didn't like, the beginning of the movie, Matthew McConaughey goes to the police station and is like, I have information. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, go into the guy's office. You don't have a waiting room? Yeah. You're just, just going to go into this guy's office? He goes office? into the office and just, like, sits there. And now in this guy's office, there's, like, pictures there's of all paperwork. the bodies. There's, and like, there's, like, all this shows. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Get me all worked up. Oh, please. Uh, what else? My sister and my brother-in-law are probably like, why the fuck is she asking us this question? <laughs> <laughs> Those are my main criticisms. Is everything in the present day, I don't want to say it's poorly written, but I think could have been improved on. Mm-hmm. It definitely was not the strong suit of the movie. Yeah. Like, like the main focus of the movie was the flashbacks with the kids. Mm-hmm. What did you think about the twist? The twist I saw coming. Really? Yeah. When he was digging the... I feel like I saw it coming maybe three quarters way through the movie. When he was digging the cellar... And he was talking about digging in the cellar, and the brother comes to visit him and bring him water. That's when I knew. But wait a minute. Matthew McConaughey was never the older kid. I know. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's when I realized that Matthew McConaughey is the younger kid. Mm. It's not a terrible movie, though. It's not. I don't think it's yeah, terrible. You know, like, come on. It has, it has its... I wish McConaughey would play the bad guy more often, honestly. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not bad at it. You can shit on Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4 all you want. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a dirty pleasure of mine. But he was pretty fucking good as a bad guy in that movie. What I did write down is what makes this more a suspense movie than a slasher movie? 
Yeah. I mean, hang on. Yeah. Okay. But see, that's like my fine line, though. But what's? I, I think this is somewhere on the border. Mm. I agree that it's more on the suspense esque side. But even something like Silence of the Lambs mm-hmm. is considered a psychological thriller. I agree. See, I I would not. I would consider that more of a horror movie. Specifically, a slasher. Like, see, when I think of slasher, see, that's, I don't think of that when I think of slashers. When I think of slashers, I think of like Friday the 13th, like those things. Yeah. You know? But what, what would you add to this movie to make it a slasher movie? Uh, It's my drink. I would add. Would you add gore? Yeah. Do you think that's the missing element? Yeah, I would add gore and I would add more pointless killings. Like, to me, a slasher movie is just like, okay, this guy's going to go around just, like, killing all these people for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like, this had a, a a set pace of as to why the guy... Yeah. And all of the people that this guy killed, it was like that, like, like, like Robin Hood kind of murders. Like, the people that he killed were shitty-ass people. Allegedly. One was, a, one was a child molester. One was, like, a whore that killed a guy. Isn't that what the nurse was, right? Something like that. Yeah. Can you imagine if the father was just having seizures... I'm sorry, what? If the father, if he wasn't really getting messages from God. It was just a seizure that said kill people? No, if it was a seizure and the only way he can figure out like what just happened to me, oh, that must have been God telling me to kill somebody. Where would he have gotten all those names from though? That was my question. Where did he get those names from? Well, but he said that the angel came and spoke to him and told him the names. Mm -hmm. Like remember that scene where he's at work and he's under the car? I really like that scene. Yeah, like that, that really was that, that was apparently the angel telling him, "Okay, here's this person's name. You need to kill them. They are a demon." Mm-hmm. And for some odd reason, I like the fact that they made Matthew McConaughey a sheriff at the end of the movie. I guess. Like it, it, to me, the end of the movie, it was kind of like Matthew McConaughey was now married and having a kid, mm-hmm. and well, he I was think, closing was, out the he's, chapter. He's been married. He was yeah. the sheriff. No, he was still a sheriff. Yeah. But I think that he was like closing out this, like he wanted to close out this chapter of having to do the God's hands killer work before his child was born. Okay. So he wouldn't have to pass it on to his kid. That's how I took it. Justin's like, no, I didn't take it that way. Yeah. Um, like I said, I like the part when they're kids. I think that could have been the entire movie. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because the whole thing with the detective and, like, why he... Like, it, it. I didn't like that you had no backstory to that. Yeah. Like, why did this detective just randomly, like, butcher his mother? Yeah, that just seems, the, like, yeah. hastily thrown in. That was a little... That was a little odd. But whatever. You know what? Hmm, you just thought it was another Matthew McConaughey movie. I did. And it wasn't. I did. Thank you very much. Now you're going to watch 10 Things I Hate About You. No, Frailty. wrong movie. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Frailty, 8 out of 10. Oh, so this is out of 10? 8 out of 12, I'm sorry. God damn it. I would probably give it an 8 out of 12. A solid 8 out of 12. Yeah, I mean, it was okay. It was pretty good. It had its ups and its downs. I'd give it an 8 out of 12. 9 if you count the McConaughey shirtless scene. If you want to give it a 9, I won't argue with you. (laughs) He's he's a guy. Right now, he is my guy. Just how life works. (laughs) I have... A line graph of my interest. 
in respect of time is when I watched Identity. Really? We'll get, we'll get to that later. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, let, let's just get into the lighthouse. Can we do that last? Really? You want to do that now? Let's do that now. No, we can do session nine. No, no, no. Let's, but I'm going to go on record. I'm going to go on record by saying that session nine was my favorite of your three films. Okay. So in the middle of watching Session 9, Justin text messages me and goes, hey, did you watch Session 9 yet? And I'm slurring my R's, P.S. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm in the middle of it now and I don't hear anything. So we went to breakfast this morning and I'm like, you were going to give me a different movie to watch, weren't you? And he goes, because he goes, yeah, I was. And I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I would have been really pissed off. Because that's when it hit me of like, fuck, I should have did this, or I should have done that. Like, all these other movies that I really enjoy started popping into my head. Okay. And I really wanted you to watch Creep, because... Oh, fucking Creep. I just wanted to talk about it with you. And let's get into The Lighthouse. I mean, I, I thought Lighthouse listen, was an amazing do... movie. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So we're doing Lighthouse next. Let Light... me preface by saying... Oh, no, no, go ahead, go ahead, you explain. Let me give a, a br- very a brief overview. A synopsis, Lighthouse is about these two gentlemen in the late... These bomb pops are growing on me from Great South Bay, just okay. saying. In the late 1800s, they're responsible for the maintenance and upkeep of this remote lighthouse for a month. The deal is, you live in this lighthouse for a month, they keep it operating, someone comes and get you, and you get paid a lot of money because it's pretty far away from the mainland. Directed by the same person who directed The Witch. Correct. Which might might be one of my new favorite directors of this time after watching The Lighthouse. Okay. Um, now, previous to them being in The Lighthouse, each of them had various different things going on which caused them stressful or uh, the word escapes me. Uh, stress or traumatic events that took place. Now, add in that you're stuck in this remote location, you're doing the shitty work, um, chaos begins to ensue, and they both kind of go insane. Yes. Now, so, okay, I will preface this by saying... It's in black and white also, on Amazon. I am a very... Before you start, one more thing. Have you realized some of the best new movies that have come out have been direct releases to streaming services. Well, that's a big thing now. As opposed to... To the movie theaters. Yeah. Yeah. That, because, well, that, because those people are smart. Because the movie theater industry, why go out and pay $12, $13, 14 to go I see a movie? I would much rather sit and watch a movie right. in my office when you than... Can, oh, God. See, I would, but on the same... It's not the same. It is not the same. And I say that as a person. I never really thought about it until... I went to see A Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. We went to, the, I think it was, the. it's called the New York City Horror Festival they have every year. Mm-hmm. Robert England was like the special award person that night. So me and my two friends, Pam and George, went to the thing and they did a special showing of A Nightmare on Elm Street. I had seen A Nightmare on Elm Street 2.5 million times before this. Yeah. I was scared shitless watching it in an actual theater. I feel like... If you know the movie and you know you would appreciate it on that big screen in a movie theater mm. setting, then it's worth it. But if you're seeing a movie for the first time, I don't think it makes sense to Depends go to... on the movie, though. It, it does depend on the movie. Like, I'm sorry, there's a big difference watching something like, like a Marvel movie 
at home for the first time. I know you're going to roll your eyes, but it's I am. true. I am. There's a big difference between watching a Marvel movie at home for the first time or watching it in the theaters for the first time. It just is. And I'm sorry, but the next time Jaws is released anywhere in a theater here, I need to go see it. Don't they do it in uh, Long Beach every summer? I've seen it in Long Beach, but I want to see it in like an actual theater. Watching it on the beach in Long Beach, it's not a theater. It's just, it's projected onto a screen. Oh, like, I sorry. want to see it in a theater. Anyway. Sorry. So, I'm going to preface this by saying, I'm a very big fan of Twilight. <laughs> and therefore, I am a pretty decent fan of Robert Pattinson. I enjoy Robert Pattinson. He's the, um... He's one of the two lighthouse keepers. He's the younger guy. And Willem, Willem Dafoe is like fuck awesome and everything. Mm -hmm. Let's face facts. He's the, Wait a minute. I might have an answer guy. on the detective question. He's the main guy in charge of the lighthouse. Oh, oh, I didn't really get an answer. My answer was, it depends sometimes why. Okay. All right. No, not much help. Anyway. Here's, okay. So the lighthouse. I had been wanting to watch the lighthouse for a while. Never did. The thing that makes the lighthouse is the film, is the camera work okay. and the sound effects. If you make this movie in color and you take the sound effects away and it's you terrible. film it I agree. in the ratio that majority, it's not filmed in the regular yeah. ratio. It is filmed in that German expressionalist ratio. Mm -hmm. Hi, film school is popping yep. out. Yep. If you film this movie the normal way, it's, it's crap. So... Can you explain what you mean with the ratio? So I don't know what the standard ratio of films are today. This film, oh God, and I, I, I actually looked it up. I did some research because I noticed it was filmed differently. Yeah. The screen ratio is basically like, oh God. Do you know when you watch something in widescreen? Yeah. And the top and bottom are kind of like cut off? And it depends on... This is the opposite. Yes. The left and right sides are cut off. The However, you can see more top and bottom. The film... The size of the film is different. And I... I almost... I, I should look up if this was actually filmed on film. Because mm -hmm. a lot of movies these days don't use film because everything is digital now. You know what movie was filmed with film and digital? What? The Room. The... Uh... Wait, the room with Brie Larson or the room with Hamak? Hamak, that was done in film <laughs> and digital simultaneously. Oh my god, we could just do an entire episode <laughs> about the fucking room. Hi, Mark. Hi, Dougie. Anyway, as a film person, yeah, I appreciated that, and I feel like, it, to me, it was very like Citizen Kane-ish. Okay. The story of Citizen Kane is absolute crap. Mm-hmm. The thing that makes Citizen Kane the greatest movie of all time is that it's visually stunning. I appreciated that it was in black and white. Yeah. And th I'm telling you, the sound effects was fucking magnificent. So one of my positives was the music in the background is spot on. And did you know, because I looked this up, all of the weather was natural. Oh, really? Yep. All of the rain and the waves and the storm, however the weather was on that particular day, that's how they filmed. So when, it, so when it's pouring, it, it was, was really actually pouring. pouring. Hmm. 
Interesting. But literally, the first two notes I have about this movie is I already love that it's in black and white, mm -hmm. and the sound editing in this is fucking incredible. I don't understand how it didn't win Academy Awards. Right? I honestly This don't. is an amazing movie. And to be perfectly honest, I feel like Anybody it didn't. that's into movies that doesn't like this, like, you have some explaining to do. Like, I don't I, get it. I had questions about it, and there were a couple of things I was like, oh, okay. But I, like, I feel like this is literally a perfect example of the bias against horror suspense type movies in the Academy Awards. Yeah. The fact that this was nominated for nothing. I even would have nominated Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. Our Pats would have been a stretch. He wasn't terrible. His accent pissed me off sometimes. Yeah, I agree. But I he's not like, why like, he was face facts, he's not the greatest actor in the world, but he, he, he held his own in this movie. Yeah. You know? There's... Like, he made me excited for Tenant. There's a lot of symbolism in this movie that... <gasps> is very much over my head yeah. that I really needed to like stop and look up. And a lot of it's um, each character represents a certain Greek or Roman God. Did you read the article connecting this to the witch though? No. Oh. Um, there is one scene that I really want to have someone explain to me like an idiot. Um, after he gets caught it's like maybe three quarters of the way through the movie. He finds a dead body. Mm -hmm. And they pause. They pause. And the other guy's looking down at him. And there's this light shining out of his eyes. And all of a sudden, he doesn't have a shirt on. And he's super muscular. And the camera freezes for a good three seconds. And they pose for this weird... Well, because light is like the driving force of the entire movie. Like but light is what descends you into very, madness. It's very much, it's done very purposely for a reason. And I have no idea what that reason is. It's like, I, I, I still would like a better explanation though. Of the ending? Not of the ending. Because I think that the ending was his dis, like full descent into the but the ending when he's like watching that light and he like again the sound editing yeah the ending was f amazing no i would have liked a better explanation to when there's that scene so like the, willem dafoe in mm -hmm. this movie in well at least in the beginning of the movie is a bit of a dick yes for a time movie no i feel like it switched towards the end though okay and i have i have some thoughts about why that was like, I question if there was actually even two people there. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Or if it was just a figment of, of the Arpat's mind going mad. Anyway, Willem, Arpat's was basically like the work bitch mm -hmm. of the movie. He had to do everything where Willem Dafoe's main thing, because he was the more seasoned one, he was the older one, his main thing was to sit in the top of the lighthouse every night in the light room and take care of that. But here's the thing, though. At the beginning, towards the beginning of the movie, he's going by the book and he says, hey, listen, we're supposed to swap duties. So it's my turn to take the top light and you're going to do this. And then we alternate. That's how it is by the book. And he goes, no, my word is the book. I do the light. You do everything else. Yeah. So at one point, Robert Pattinson starts to walk up mm -hmm. to where the light is. It's like the middle of the night and Willem Dafoe is up there and it's very clear that Willem Dafoe is jerking off. Yeah. And that scene was kind of gross. I'm not gonna lie. It's like the, the, the jizz like dripping. I was like, please don't fall on his face. It's like Ghostbuster slime. Yeah. 
I was yeah. It, it was though. It was. It was. I was like, I was like, I'm sorry. I don't really think that uh, that that's not how it happens. Anyway. You know, this but morning. Wait, like, hold on, hold on. Thought. <laughs> like, wait. How does the movie Teresa picked have like full frontal? My movie has this. <laughs> there was a lot of jerking off in that movie. There was. There was. There I was, was upset that we didn't see Robert Pattinson's penis. Not gonna lie. Um, so, but like then, like, so Willem Dafoe, I just got very uncomfortable. Sorry. Whatever. I don't, I don't care. Willem Dafoe. I I could go into an entire rant about why it's okay. You can see a woman's vagina in a movie, but you can't see a fucking man's penis, but I won't. One of the things that I wrote down that I thought you wouldn't like was the mermaid's vagina. But that wasn't really a vagina. It was like more like a weird mermaid opening. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> weird mermaid opening. <laughs> it was though. Oh my god, that's it my was, favorite. Was, I want a T-shirt that says "A Weird Mermaid Opening." Um. <laughs> god, god, I'm done with you. God, it was. How does a mermaid have a vagina? That's their whole pro. That's the whole point of them being mermaids is to seduce the they sailors. They have no legs. Well, how else but are they going to seduce a sailor? Actual vagina. <laughs> it's a mermaid opening. It is a mermaid God. opening. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> oh my God, my sister is so annoyed with me. My sister goes, yes, as a detective, you can have a partner. Why? And I go, well, we watched a movie where there was a detective and he had no partner. And Justin thought that made no sense. And her response was, it's a movie. <laughs> anyway okay so Robert Pattinson goes up the stairs Willem Dafoe's jacking off there's like this gross weird like jizz thing and then there's like a monster and I was like so I was like but wait I was like did Willem Dafoe turn into a monster mm -hmm. did was he having sex with a monster did the monster <clears throat> like arouse him is it the mermaid is it I was like like it left me with questions it left me with questions. <laughs> believing something cop-related in a movie is like believing all crimes are solved in an hour as portrayed on a TV. <laughs> and then she sends a gif of Pee Wee Herman that says, I'm a loner, Dottie, a rebel. Okay. Okay. That's my sister in a nutshell. I enjoyed when time began to be questionable. Yes, and that was done on purpose. That was done on purpose. Yes. That was done, I think, so you don't, you lose sense of who the villain is and who the hero is. Yeah. And again, I question if there was actually two people there. Do you know what Elmo's fire is? Like, like Elmo, like, like, El like, hi, I'm Elmo. No, no. no. <laughs> but no, I don't. At one point in the movie. <laughs> he said. This is where this has gone to. <laughs> he Muppets said. Elmo. And vagina openings, mermaid vagina. They they reference mermaid openings. They say that the light at the top of the lighthouse is Saint Elmo's fire. I've heard that's, that's a great movie. I heard that saying before, but I didn't get a chance to look that up. So I, I'd really like to know what that is. Um, uh, my, my I feel like I used to know that because I was semi obsessed with the movie Saint Elmo's Fire. No, I think it's actually like a thing. It is like a thing. I'll um, look it up right now. So, at one point, um, drinking is is a big thing in this movie. 
Uh, one of the quotes that I jotted down was, boredom makes men into villains. The only medicine is drink. Yeah. I was like, huh. Because in the beginning... I guess that's kind of true. But in the beginning of the movie, Robert Pattinson is very reluctant Because it's drink. against the rules. Because, but eventually yes. he does. And, then, and when he does, it further starts his descent mm-hmm. down into madness. And as I really thought we were going to have a broke back moment. Me too. Broke back mountain moment in this movie. Like I thought that they me were going to have sex. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, Robert I Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Very glad that didn't happen. And I was like, oh, so this is where we're going with yeah. this. So I was like, all right, forget the mermaid vagina. Um, I just lost my train of thought. St. Elmo's fire. St. Elmo's fire. Yes. So as they're drinking, um, Pattinson makes a confession that he has been lying about his real name. I must have missed that part when he said that. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, now Willem Dafoe's character's name is Thomas. Correct. During this part, Robert Pattinson admits that his name is also Thomas, Correct. a.k.a. Tommy. Correct. He was previously calling himself Ephraim. Yes. So here's what happened. They make, and Ephraim is a very biblical name, too. Isn't they it? make two references um, and I only picked up on this because this is my second time seeing this. One of the first times Ephraim sees the ocean, he sees its logs, but you see things separating with a blonde, with a dead blonde guy. Yes. And he see he keeps seeing this dead blonde guy over and over. So what had happened, Ephraim? He previously worked as a as a logger. But his real name is Tommy. So Tommy the logger, he noticed that this other guy, whose name was Ephraim, who would also rag on him, he was, something happened, he was about to die. Tommy didn't warn him, and he just let him die. Hmm. I totally missed this whole part. This is when they were drunk. So Tommy took Ephraim's stuff. He took his cigarettes, his lunch, his bags, and said, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to say that I'm Ephraim. I'll have a fresh start. I'll do this lighthouse thing. I'll make some money and I'll buy a house up north. Yeah. Because then all of a sudden. That's when the they, burden that he's carrying. When they start to call him Tommy. Yeah. I was, like, uh, I was like, oh, wait a minute. I was like, why are they calling him Tommy? Is like, is, And that's when I really started to think was, well, are they like one in the same? Mm-hmm. And do you notice Willem Dafoe, the, his last name is Wake. Yeah. Now they're on a lighthouse mm-hmm. in an island. What do you get when the water gets very choppy? You get the wake. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Mm. So what I think, I think that Tommy had died at some point. And I think him being on the lighthouse is some sort of judgment, some final test to see how you're going to act and react. And your actions on this island will be your final judgment or like your final test. Intriguing. And since he killed the seagull, the seagull's... fucking seagull. This seagull fucks with him the entire movie. It's pretty funny. Like, he wants to get into a shed. This one-eyed... Willem Dafoe tells him from the get-go, do not kill the seabird. If you kill the seabird, it will bring, like, like basically, like, hellfire and brimstone down upon us. He says, the seabirds are the souls of dead sailors. Don't fuck with the seabirds. But the seagull, like... It's in front of him when he wants to get into the shed and it won't move. He's sleeping. It taps on the glass and flies away. And it just messes with him. And eventually he loses it and he kills the seagull. Yes. 
After he finds a dead seagull in the thing before he found the body. Yeah. Which I was, at first I was like, oh shit. I was like, why is this seagull dead? Not realizing it wasn't the same. Like there's the random seagull and then the random, the random mermaid. I was like, mm, okay, mermaid vagina. Well, the, the mermaid was his fantasy it's because. Well, because the first night he found that. He that, found the thing. The mermaid stone, which it, but it takes you a little while to connect to that. Until you have the scene where he's basically like, there's a lot of jacking off in this movie. Until he's basically jacking off to the mermaid statue, mm-hmm. pretending that he's screwing the the mermaid. The mermaid, opening. yeah. Yes. The Which mermaid even that opening. Was, I, you know, and like I said, this movie visually was stunning. And I think that it is very underrated. What did you not like about it? Um, it was a little hard to keep up with the dialogue because they used a lot of sailor terms. Okay. And at points I was just like, I was like, what the fuck are you people talking about? In the credits. They didn't actually say any words until almost 10 minutes into the movie. And I, <laughs> no, but I took note of really? that because I really? almost liked it better. When they didn't talk? When they weren't talking. It, it kind of like refueled that suspense for me. In the credits, they say they took the dialogue from... Um, Moby Dick and various diaries yes. from other sailors who worked like lighthouses. So the way they were speaking is true to how they would have spoken at that time. Yes. Um, oh my. <laughs> so one of the, one of my favorite parts of the movie is so they're sitting and they're eating dinner mm-hmm. and I guess Willem Dafoe was like the cook. And he made whatever he makes, and and he's yelling at Robert Pattinson, and they're fairly intoxicated at this point. Yeah. About well, you don't like what I and Robert Pattinson's like, I wanted if I had a steak, I want a steak. If I had a steak, I would fuck that steak. And I'm like, he'd fuck a steak. I'm like, how, I was like, well, you fucked a mermaid opening. How could you? I'm sure you could fuck a steak. There's a scene where he puts a curse on him for not liking his cooking. Oh my god. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. He, Defoe goes on for a good five-minute like rant. But see, that's what I don't like about the movie, is I feel like the dialogue was okay. so... That it caused me to miss things. Because, like, it, I just checked out. Can I ask you something? Do you watch with uh, subtitles? Mm-mm. Okay. No, I actually hate subtitles. I'm not going to lie. It drives me crazy when we watch movies at your house and there's subtitles on. I, as a habit, will always keep the subtitles on. That might be why I caught it. Yeah. That might be why I caught it. Yeah. But he gets insulted that he doesn't like his cooking, and there's a five-minute dialogue where he puts a curse on him for not liking his cooking. And at the end, he's like, all right, fine, you you cook well. And then there was literally, but they kept arguing about lobster. Yeah, that was a scene. I literally wrote, though, I said, is lobster a code word for penis? No. What I think it is is you have two guys that are stuck in three buildings, in shitty conditions, doing shitty work. This guy's a fucking asshole. The only time they get to speak to each other is during dinner, and the guy's fucking drunk. He's being a dick. And I think that's that's what it is. Two scenes that I particularly liked. Good. Number one, there's one scene where they're painting the lighthouse. So Willem Dafoe is at the top of the lighthouse. Robert Pattinson is he on this them. weird... He like, drops them. He's on this weird pulley thing. And he keeps like... It's not a weird pulley thing. Whatever it is. It's a swing. Yeah, it's, it's a, a swing. big swing yeah, on a Robert rope. Robert Pattinson is painting the lighthouse yeah. on. And Willem Dafoe keeps dropping him. 
Eventually, Willem Dafoe actually drops him. But they fade to black. And I thought my internet cut out. Really? I really did. Like, I stopped and I went, motherfucker. And I went to reset my, my internet thing. And then I came back up. That, and there's Willem Dafoe, and it's towards the end of the movie. Willem mm-hmm. Dafoe is sleeping. Okay. Robert Pattinson comes up the stairs and like the cameras focused on Willem Dafoe asleep in the bed. So Robert Pattinson is further away. He's kind of blurred out. Is this when he's trying to steal? Yeah. When he's trying to steal the book or the keys to the light, maybe. And just the way it was done. The camera zooms in on his eyeball. So it wasn't even that. When Robert Pattinson was blurred out and sneaking towards, he looked so creepy Almost monster-like. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, the, the, what, what is his name? Ro- Robert Egert, the director? Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you. He's 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 going to be some, some big play in the horror movie I agree. industry. Um, negatives I have for this movie. Um, I think they could have done a better job at the beginning explaining what they're doing at the lighthouse. Okay. Um, there's no clear story arc, like your traditional movie has a beginning where you get introduced to the characters and the setting. There's some conflict, maybe 20 minutes in to set you up for the rest of the movie. Yeah. There's you the story arc builds up. This, this doesn't have yeah. that. This doesn't you have the traditional movie story this, arc. That they're just kind of like, Hey, we're going to throw all this shit at you and or, then we're going to end. Or this feels just like. Here's what happened. If it's good, great. If it's boring, well, that's just what happened anyway. Yeah. There was not... Yeah, I agree with that. There's no clear story arc, I guess. And what really bothered me was the very, very, very ending, the first time I saw this, was after he sees the light, he falls down the stairs. Before the movie cuts to credits, they show him outside being attacked by the birds. Yes. I wanted to know how he yes. got outside. And that was my, like, that, it raised a lot of questions. So, like, was he actually dead this whole time? So, that's what made me think. If he was dead this whole time, and he was, this was his final judgment, this was your final pass-fail test, then his actions, he failed. And as a result of this, this is his punishment. Mm-hmm. The souls of all the other sailors are punishing him for his actions on the lighthouse. Okay. All right. See, because I, they also hint. But that's the problem, too, is I kind of blocked that part from my mind because I get so fixated uh-huh. on that part of him at the top of the lighthouse finally watching the light and hit that, like, that, that scream, like, that distorted scream. That was sound. so good. That was so good. Like, to me, that's like if they would have ended the movie right there, I would have been, that been perfect. Yes. That would have been perfect. Yes. But then, yeah, they fade to him falling down the stairs in this random, like, and it's not even that, like, he's laying, like, he's not, like, he was laying naked on the rocks. He's laying naked on these rocks, and his stomach is split Yeah, his guts are are split open. So, like, the birds are, like, eating his And they have been eating him. Yes. Like, he's been there. It it leaves you. It's established. It leaves you with quite a few questions. Like, it makes you feel that five minutes of the movie is missing. Mm Mm-hmm. Or that, like they threw this ending in because they felt like they had to. If I would have been the director, I would have cut it right as he's screaming. Yeah, I agree. 100%. I I didn't hate it. I feel like I always say that. What would you give this movie? What would I give this movie? 
I'd give it a solid 10. I would give it a solid 10 for how it is out of in 10? its form out of 12. Okay. In in how it is right now. Okay. Like like because of the visuals and the sound, I would give it a 10. If I had to go storytelling wise, I'd maybe give it a 7. Overall, I gave it an 11. Okay. Because I really enjoyed it. I, can I really see that. You know what? As I was watching it, there was one point um, I forget when specifically it was. It was about halfway through the movie. I felt very uncomfortable at a certain scene because of the way the aspect ratio was and the specific camera angle at that time. I was like, did they reduce? Is it narrower now than it was at the mm. beginning? And I stopped it and I rewound. Yeah. To be perfectly Because honest. I didn't notice because of the camera angles and the lighting and the white to black ratio, mm-hmm. I didn't even notice. When they this don't want movie you to notice. That should be shown. In every basic film class, yeah. I feel. As a modern day storytelling, filmmaking class. Yeah. This is also like if you're going to sit down with a bunch of people and hang out, this is not the movie no. to watch. No. 95% of people will hate this movie. Yeah. This is if you're into movies, sit down, don't let anybody bother you, yes. and watch it twice. That's how Citizen Kane is, though. Citizen Kane is considered the greatest movie of all time. Now, I have a film degree. I'm going to throw that out there all the time. Anyway, I know people who have watched Citizen Kane and they've been like, I don't fucking understand. It was the most boring movie I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, but you didn't get, like, the symbolism? You didn't get the... Visually, it is amazing. You would hate Citizen Kane. You'd hate it. Have you ever seen it? No. You'd fucking hate it. And you're fairly up on your game. But I feel like The Lighthouse is in some ways maybe like the modern coming of that. A normal person will hate this movie. True. Do you know what I was thinking? Like if we made Stephanie watch it, she'd never fucking speak to us again. She'd be like, this is in black and white. I'm not watching this. Although although she did survive dead alive. Barely. Yeah, barely. Do you know what I thought of when I was watching this? Can you mention if The Witch was in black and white? But see, no, no, no. The Witch would not have been good in black and white. I highly disagree. I loved that blue. I felt like the blue hue of the witch was perfection. I don't know. I want to experience the witch in black and white. I don't know if it'll be good. I don't know if it would be bad. I would go in open-minded. I don't know. I don't know. But, but the decision to go black and white on this movie was an excellent decision that was correctly I made. I feel like it made the movie. If, I agree. If this movie would have been in color, Mm-mm. we'd have a completely different mindset yeah. about it. And I feel like like the Robert is is it Robert Egert? I don't know his name. I think that's his name. But he, I feel like he's up on his shit yeah. as far as like directing and yeah. making movies and like actually sitting down and thinking about those like 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 who the, who in this day and age would sit and be like, I'm gonna film this movie in a one nineteen to one <laughs> ratio? Like nobody says those things anymore. Yeah. That it, that's what made the movie for me. Oh my god, I've had a lot to drink. So what's next? Identity? Identity. So identity. It, it actually has a lot more relatively famous people that I remembered. Yeah. John Cusack is the main guy. Mm-hmm. Ray Liotta is in it. Amanda Peet. Which I don't know anything else that she's been in, I'm not gonna lie. Um 
I've seen a handful of movies with Amanda Peet. I kept thinking that the blonde girl was Claire Danes, but it's not Claire Danes. She's been in a few movies. She she, she was in another Matthew McConaughey movie. I know this is the worst I've seen Amanda Peet. Yeah, she was really. She didn't look good. She She was obnoxious. I used to like Amanda Peet. And Rebecca De Mornay was in it. Did you realize that? No. Rebecca De Mornay was the movie star. Oh. Yes. So identity is basically about all of these kind of stories that merge together and all of these characters that merge together in this hotel. People start dying. You don't really know what's going on. But Mm -hmm. then there's this subplot, which is actually kind of the main plot. Because one of these characters is transporting a prisoner. Yes. That is due to be put to death. Well, you think. That they lead you to believe is due to be put to death, but because of newly discovered evidence, deserves a retrial. Yes. So as you're having this whole thing of the motel, you're getting cut scenes to basically like the psychologist and the lawyers arguing Mm -hmm. why this guy is legally insane and he should not be put to death and he should have a new trial. The people start to die one by one. And this is another one of those movies that kind of walks that fine line of, is it a psychological thriller? Is it not? It, I feel like it walks that line. Okay. But I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I, I enjoy this movie. So when it first starts, I really enjoyed how the different characters cross paths. Yes. Because like one person gets a flat tire, then the next person has to help. Um... And the reason why one person gets a flat tire is because one girl previously lost a shoe out of her car. It's very it, it clever. It ties it up. It's well. very clever. And I appreciate how well it's done that they cross paths. And it's raining and every road is flooded. So they have no choice but to go to this motel. And then I'll be honest. After they get to the motel, for a good 45 minutes, I hated this movie. It gets a little Final Destination-ish. I, one of my notes is bologna with mayo on white bread, not too spicy. What the fuck is wrong with bologna with mayo on white bread? That is the blandest of bland things you can possibly get. Because if you look at the line graph that I made of interest in respect to time. So basically, all these people in the movie start to die somehow. Yeah. And they lead you to think that this convict is killing everybody, but each person that dies has a hotel room key. Mm -hmm. And each death counts down from 10. So the first person that dies has key number 10, then nine, then eight. They skip to six and realize, oh shit, and go back and find seven. At one point, the corrections officer, which we'll call a CO, the CO goes to leave the hotel room, but they show... That the shirt that he's wearing yes. has like a bullet hole. And I forgot about that. I'm like, oh, okay. I forgot about that. So I'm like, all right, duh, obviously, this is the officer. And again, I made a note because it pissed me off. The prisoner is handcuffed in the front. Oh, God. <laughs> and then the other thing that was kind of annoying is at one point, all of the dead bodies disappeared. So John Cusack. That's when I come back. John Cusack, you find out, is actually. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Eventually, the prisoner that they assume is killing these people is found dead with the thick end of a baseball bat shoved down his throat. That was a little over the top. And I remember seeing that. Other deaths in a movie, that was a little over the top. I remember looking at that going, it's got to be kind of tough to get the thick end down someone's throat. No, it doesn't. 
Oh, jeez. Listen, it, it, it probably would not be that difficult, but I feel like it would be a lot more bloody than it was. Oh, there goes Justin opening the monkey claw, monkey shoulder. Again. Holy shit, why am I so, like, inebriated right now? I don't understand. It's because you had that shitty Italian ice thing. No, it was not the Italian. That Italian ice was good, actually. Do you want some I of this? No, I have a seltzer. It's because I chugged two fucking rum buckets. Rum buckets? So the rum buckets, in case anybody is wondering, has an entire bottle of Malibu Black, an entire bottle of Grenadine, an entire bottle of Malibu Coconut, pineapple juice, orange juice. Game on. Right. Um, so Justin, they find this, Justin doesn't drink things like that. No. So they find this, um, the prisoner's dead with the bat shoved down his throat. And at some point, maybe three quarters of the way through the movie, they go back to the room with the prisoner. Mm -hmm. The prisoner's gone. The bat is there. And the bat does not have any blood on it. Yes. And at this point, they go and look for all the other bodies and find they're all gone. All the blood is cleaned up. It looks like nothing happened anywhere. That's when I started to come back, because before that, I was painfully bored with this movie. Okay. After that, I was uh, I was sold. Okay. I, I was totally sold. If anybody watches this movie in the future, give them a heads up to at least give it an hour before it gets good. Give them that heads up, because otherwise they're going to give up on it halfway through. Because... It, it, the the middle part is like I said is very final destination ish. <laughs> One of my notes is I remember Clue being funnier. Oh, leave Clue alone. <laughs> well, Clue is funnier. Clue. This oh, movie wasn't God. funny. It wasn't supposed to be funny. That's why I put it down. I love Clue. Clue is one of the greatest. Flames on the side of my face. I like the hotel manager. Oh, he was such a dick. I like the hotel manager. And Amanda Peet. Not Amanda Pete. The other girl. The blonde girl. The blonde girl. With the boyfriend. Oh, my God. She's one of those characters where you're like, fucking die already. I agree. Like, you know it's coming. She's a walking victim. Her entire, like, the entire backstory with her and the husband is just so fucking stupid. And if I was the husband... No, I'm not even going to say it. God, sorry. I would have punched her in the face, too. It's not nice. Well, whatever. She was a dick. Um, I have no sympathy for people who fake pregnancies to keep men. Fuck you. So the, the bodies start dying, and then John Cusack wakes up in the attorney's office. But it should also... I feel like it is also important to know that at some point... It, John Cusack originally, you think, is a limo driver. Yeah, but he's, he's like an ex-cop somehow. But somehow... And you never got that backstory... Which was kind of annoying. He was an ex an ex LA cop. Like yeah. he responded, I think it was like to a suicide call, and it went bad. And it and went bad. So like, did she he had choose? AIDS and she was yeah. pregnant and she jumped anyway? Like, did he choose to leave? Like, you never really got the answer to that. But yeah. John Cusack basically was a cop. He takes the 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 the, the role as a cop, mm -hmm. and he's working kind of side by. I won't say with, but side by side Ray Liotta, who it's Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta is the corrections officer. And Ray, like, Ray Liotta is Ray Liotta. Give me a bad movie Ray Liotta was ever in. It's fucking Ray Liotta. I love Ray Liotta. So, yes. Okay. So, all of a sudden, so John Cusack Let me starts, back up. Okay. Eventually, the attorney's office, because they're waiting for the prisoner to come in, they wheel this dude in, and you realize that 
the prisoner that they wheel in is not the same prisoner at the you see in the very very beginning credits you see pictures of this prisoner and you're like oh okay who the fuck is this fat guy but then when Ray Liotta gets the mo- to the motel, yeah. he pulls a different guy out of the car. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, this is the prisoner. No, 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 John. Keep going. Um, so they wheel the prisoner in who you haven't seen before. He's not one of the people at the motel. They're talking about how he has split personalities. The bodies at the motel start disappearing. John Cusack wakes up in the attorney's office and then you realize, oh shit, he's one of the split personalities yes. that this that this real prisoner has. Like they has. give you this scene where John Cusack is like going in between being in the attorney's office and being at the mo- and John Cusack, like you can see him. He's like, like what the fuck? What's yeah. going on? What's going on? That to me was one of the best scenes in the movie. I was mad for like a minute. Oh really? That you got me because I did not see that coming. Really? I'm like this fucking. She got me. <laughs> and, oh my god, I feel so proud. Right. And it wasn't like you got me. It was you got me and I enjoy this. Mm. And I didn't see this coming. So basically all of the people in the motel was a split personality of this killer. Because they all have the same date of birth. Yes. And their names. Their names are, are very. All, they're like all like a part of like a state. It's like, a uniform arbitrary first name and your last name is a state. Yeah, so like, like Rain Paris. One is York. One yeah. is Road. Yeah, Randy Rhodes, not, not Randy, Randy Rhodes, a person. Jeffrey, New Jersey, or something stupid yeah. like that. But you, what? how it is explained is that when... The prisoner killed somebody. but Multiple people. The, the prisoner killed people, but it wasn't the actual prisoner. It was one of the prisoner's split personalities. And when all of these personalities are forced... To kind of meet in a way, the personalities start to die off until there's one dominant personality left. So the attorneys are arguing that all of that the 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 personality that killed all these people has been killed off, mm-hmm. and now he's left with this one personality, which happened to have been Amanda Peet's character, yeah. who used to be a high coal hooker. And now she just wants to go down to Florida. But was she a hooker? She was a hooker. No, it's just the motel accuses her. The motel owner accuses her. No, don't her. you remember the scene where she's with the old guy and she has like the whipped cream on his chest and she's singing? No, she was a hooker. Well, but she doesn't want to be a hooker anymore. That's why she's going back hold down on, to Florida feminist to the Felicia. Grove. Did you Ju- just call me Felicia? <laughs> feminist Felicia. Just because a woman. Oh, just because Felicia a, and a feminist. Just because a woman's a con artist doesn't mean she has to be a hooker. I thought it was fairly obvious in the movie. That I didn't she get was a that. Hooker. I thought that she was a con artist. Oh, I thought she was a high end whore. All right. All right. You say potato. I say potato. Oh, okay. All right. Anyway, she is the last, and like the 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 attorneys watch him like fighting all of these personalities. Yeah, because they need all the alternate personalities to die except maybe one, but the personality that was in charge of this prisoner killing the people. Has to not be the last one. Yes. That's that's kind of the deal for this guy not to get. Which happens. So the judge is like. So you think. The judge is like, okay, we're going to send him. We're not going to kill him. We're not going to give him the death penalty. 
He's not going to be executed. We're going to send him to a state psychiatric ward for the rest of his life. Yeah. And then the twist comes. Well, um, this, like, I, I would think, like, the second twist. Yeah. The second twist is um, one of the split personalities is a, is a kid. So he's in the car. The killer is in the car going to the psychiatric center with the therapist is in the front seat. And then the I was the other guy, like, the attorney... There were there was some other guy. I'm yeah, not 100 sure who exactly he was, and you see like the killer, like his face is so serene, and you get cutscenes to like Amanda Pete driving to like her her orange orchard, and like everything's great and happy in the world. Then shit happens. Yep. And this is what I really actually liked about the movie because apparently the killer personality is a small child that you kind of forget about. Yes. You assume dies, but doesn't. And the prisoner in real life attacks somebody at the very end, which is, again, why you don't cuff someone from the front. Oh, my God. Well, no, but the whole problem was is that the psychiatrist sees him, sees, like, he he thinks that the guy, that there's something wrong, so he opens up the cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when... That's when he goes to, like, attack him. Yes, because, and then in the cutscene, Amanda Pete is basically killed by this kid. Yeah. I, I personally really liked the fact that it was the kid at the end. So I'll be honest. I, I do not enjoy murder mysteries. And that's why I was very, very, very bored in the middle of the movie. Okay. However, once I realized what the twist was and you got me, I really liked the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave it a ten. I feel like that was my opinion of it when I first saw it. And I saw this movie when it first came out, which was back in, like, what, 2001, 2002? Yeah, early 2000s. Yeah. And I feel like when I first watched it, I was kind of like, okay. It's not. And then when If you the remember, I happened, sent you a text message to make sure I was watching the right yes, movie. Yes, because yes. halfway through, I'm like, if I'm watching the wrong movie, I'm going to be really pissed off because yes. I'm fucking bored. <laughs> yes. But I gave this 10 out of 12. Just the twist made the movie. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. Albeit, the, the middle is slow. If you enjoy Murder Mysteries, you'll probably love the movie. I, however, don't. Um, but yeah, overall, it was. I thought it was a pretty good movie. I'd give it a solid nine. Some of the character development was kind of annoying. But, like, I almost feel like may, uh, maybe they the didn't char- focus in on the kid as much because of the ending. But remember, the characters are slices of a crazy person. Mm, mm-hmm. you know, so it, there's not much to develop because it's just a character. There were a lot of things that they did in this movie that I appreciated. Like, to be honest, you forgot about that other guy. What other guy? The the actual the actual killer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You totally, like, you see him. Literally, in the opening credits of the movie, you see his picture, but then there's nothing else. You forget about him. I didn't even notice that in the opening credits, yeah. to be honest. I thought that the suspect was going to be one of the people at the motel. Mm. But then that other guy comes out, and you're like, wait a minute. And when I rewatched it last night, I was like, wait a minute, what happened to the fat, bold guy? And I went, whatever, I guess it's this guy that we're worried about right now. Yeah. And like I had, I remembered that. Like I remembered that for some reason, I remembered that it was the kid. But for some reason, I thought that it was like all of John Cusack's split personalities. What do you mean? Like I thought that John Cusack. I thought that everybody was a split personality of the kid oh, for some reason. Gotcha. I would give it a solid nine. Okay, I'd give it a nine. That's interesting. I rated one of your movies higher than you would have. Yeah, I'd give it a nine. I thought it was, I really enjoyed it. 
I was annoyed. I did. I, I don't know. I, I thought that you would enjoy that for some reason. I was annoyed. I watched this first before I watched um, Dress to Kill. Wow. I was annoyed. I'm like, how can she make me go from identity <laughs> to Dress to Kill? See, and I watched Dress to Kill first last night because that was the longer movie. Because I at first... It was. Dude, that was so long. I at that first was, was, was prepared to watch Identity. This So we went to breakfast this morning. And I had texted Justin's wife and I was like, listen, there's, I was like, I have to watch a movie yeah. before I, I leave to go to breakfast. But then I decided last night, I was like, whatever, I'll just bang both of them out tonight. And I watched Dress to Kill first because that was the longer movie. Mm -hmm. And then I watched Identity. And I went to sleep right after I watched Identity. That was fucking fabulous. Your dreams? <laughs> I actually didn't, surprisingly. Like, you know why? You know why I didn't have dreams? Mm -hmm. So tell if you. Me. Tell me. I don't know if we've discussed this yet. But I am a teacher for New York City. And yesterday, Bill de Blasio announced that we, at least as of right now, are going back to school in September. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm cool with. Whatever. It is what it is. But that's what all my dreams were focused around. It was focused around, like, being in my classroom and trying to... So I teach special ed. Um, and trying to, like, social distance with, like, a bunch of special needs first and second graders. That's what all of my dreams were focused around. Shockingly okay. enough. Session, I need to pee before we go into session. All right, nine. quick break. Because I need some ice. Good! Session nine. So, before we like actually get into session nine. This is the movie. Oh, maybe not. I feel like I, I thought I had taken the most notes about this movie, but I guess I didn't. What movie did I? Maybe The Lighthouse I took the most There were parts from when I was younger, like middle school, high school, where we didn't have cable. And we would just kind of like for watch. For him, this was middle school, high school for me. When this movie came out, I was fucking 21. 2001. I was yeah. 21. Yeah, I was 21. He was in middle 2001, school, high school. 2001, I was 16. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we didn't have cable. And, like, if you wanted to watch something, you need to have, like, a DVD or VHS. Okay. And we had this on VHS. And when there was nothing to watch, I would just watch this. Mm -hmm. Like, this wasn't, like, my go-to movie, but it was one of the things that... This was my favorite of your three. And I enjoyed that when I... So, before when I started to watch these, I watched the trailer. What were my three again? Yeah. Okay. I, watched, I, I would... I, I, yeah, I respect that. Because I, respect that. I, I add them, like, to my watch list, so yeah. I watched the trailer of all three. And when I watched the trailer for this, I was like, I'm going to fucking hate this movie. I you like, know, I thought you it. saw this before. I never had seen it before. In nice. Okay. This okay. was my favorite of your three. Okay. A hundred percent. I can understand why you wouldn't like Creep. Lighthouse is very artsy fartsy. I liked Lighthouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Don't get but me wrong. I liked this better to the point that I was watching it yesterday. And like I had said earlier to you earlier. Yeah. My sister came over with my two nephews and my niece who are six and under so you obviously can't continue to watch this yeah with a half hour 25 minutes <laughs> left of the movie and i see her pull into the driveway and i pick up my netflix remote my my fire stick remote and i go motherfucker and i had to stop the movie with 25 minutes left because i knew that my two-year-old nephew was gonna run in and be like tell me i play mario play mario now i dropped my phone I dropped, this is the point we have reached in the podcast. I have dropped my phone. This is also my favorite part of the podcast. 
Teresa, what, what was Session 9 about? This is the last movie we have to talk about, right? It is. It is, okay. Session 9 was about a group of men who are hired to go and basically, like, de-asbestos, like, clean out an old sanitarium. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, like, other subplots. Like, there's the amount of time that they can get this done and at first they're like, oh, we can have it done in four weeks. Then it's, we can have it done in three weeks. Then it's like, you know what? If you give me $10,000, I'll have it done in a week. And there's all these other little subplots. Eventually people kind of like, it's, it's creepy. Like people start like, like one guy starts dying and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And the person that you think is the bad guy is not the bad guy. Yep. It, it, I highly enjoyed. So session nine, um, this company... And I even said I wanted to look up Danvers State Hospital because I have definitely heard about it before. Yeah, I don't know real if it place. was. It is a real place? Real place. I was like, is it real or was it mentioned in another movie? This is also not the first movie based on it. Re- See, I knew it. However, this is the best movie based on it. Okay. So don't get your hopes up too high. Okay. Um, so this. I should have got another seltzer. You should have. You want to go run? Go, go run real quick. I'll tell the kids what this movie's about. Okay, you tell the kids. So this movie's... This company is hired to remove asbestos, industrial-grade asbestos, from a sane asylum. Fun fact about asbestos, the only type of asbestos that's harmful is the industrial type, um, the residential type of asbestos that was used in homes in the 40s, 50s, and 60s is not as hazardous as the industrial type of asbestos that was used in Navy shipyards, sand asylums, and, and, and large-grade commercial places. Now, you're either saying one of two things. No, you're wrong. Or two, how do you know that? Um, so I know this because I lived in a house that had asbestos. Um, I saw the flakes floating around. I'm still here. Um, I did some research when I moved in. That's how I kind of have an idea of what asbestos is good, what asbestos is bad. So anyway, these guys go in to, to do their job, right? And it's a team of four, I think, and the owner's nephew. And each of these four guys, they're each individually at their breaking point with what they have going on in their lives. The main character that owns the company, his name is Gordon. Teresa spilled something. The main, char- <laughs> the main character that owns the company, his name is Gordon. Um, Hang on. He's Side married. Step. He Side just step. had a baby. Sidestep. So I went out to get a seltzer. I come in. I have a fucking tequila. <laughs> I put ice in my cup. I split the cup. And I, I, I don't know what the fuck I fell over. In your house. What are you doing? I don't know. What are you doing? So... <laughs> The main character, Gordon, just had a baby. He's at his breaking point because... It's, it's a baby. His, it's his first it's baby. baby. He doesn't know. You know. When you have babies, it's, it's tiring. Um, the Not that I would know. I guy number kids. two, he lost his girlfriend to... Guy number three. To guy number three. Guy number three Is does... dick. He doesn't want to do asbestos removal anymore. He, he wants fucking do anything. Out. He wants out. He just doesn't care. He wants out. And then there's the nephew who... Well, there's a guy ahead of the nephew. There's creepy, should have been a lawyer oh, guy. Oh, should have been a lawyer should've guy. Should have been a lawyer guy. Should have been a lawyer guy is 
coming to terms with his, his decision to not be a lawyer. And his dad is apparently a very famous lawyer. And he's realizing this is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life instead of being a lawyer. So they all have their, their things going on. Oh, oh my God, this is delightful. What is that? It is a Jose Cuervo sparkling strawberry margarita. Interesting. Delightful. Um, as they're removing the asbestos, the lawyer guy stumbles upon a room with these tapes where it's a recorded session with one of the previous patients who also had split personalities. Okay. Which apparently is a recurring theme in the movies that we've selected. Now, before this happens, lawyer guy, yeah. former lawyer guy, tells this story about one of the reasons why the asylum was shut down. Isn't that so creepy? It was very creepy. Can so he tell tells, the story? He tells this story about there was a girl slash woman in the asylum who claimed that her father, her mother... And the grandparents, grandparents yep. were basically Satanists. And the dad used to come three times a week and he would rape her and then bring her to a field. And like that's where like the satanic shenanigans would go on. Like they mm -hmm. would kill babies and the dad and the grandpa would rape the girl. And it was like a big thing. They were going to like bring up the family on charges. Then some sort of medical examination takes place. Boom. The girl is a virgin. This is just bullshit talk while they're eating lunch, too. Yes. Yes. What slightly annoyed me is I had assumed for a little while... This movie, I, this movie left me with a lot of questions. Okay. I had assumed for a little while that the tapes he was listening to was this woman. Okay. And I don't think that mm, it was now. No, it wasn't. And there was no... Because when he's telling this story, he seems like personally affected by it. Yeah. And you find out that his dad, who was a district attorney, For was, the state. was one of the lead prosecutors on the case. And I had a lot of questions as to why, again, I thought that this story correlated with the tapes he started listening to. And I was like, why is this guy so obsessed with this girl? Is he a member of her family? Is he like, I had a lot of questions about it. Mm, I, didn't, I didn't connect those two. I, I I felt like his entire storyline was very underdeveloped. I agree. And very so left open. The tapes he's listening to is about a girl that was carrying a porcelain doll. A young girl, like, I don't know, four, five, six, seven, eight, something like that. Another child pushes her. She falls, and the porcelain, she falls onto the porcelain doll. It shatters and scratches up her chest. She gets up and basically kills a bunch of people. And throughout the tapes, you realize that the multiple personalities this girl has represent different parts of her. Like one personality She's represents like innocence, innocence and, and so on and so on. There was so what? On. There was Billy. There was Peter. I forget the, the specific yeah. ones. So that's the lawyer guys escaping to listen to these tapes as everybody else is removing asbestos and going through their individual, I guess, conflicts. Mm -hmm. That may not be the word, but they're all going through shit. Yeah, they all have, like, a subplot. Yeah. Um, however, Gordon breaks under the pressure of having a kid because when they scored the asylum, he went home to celebrate, 
and the wife accidentally spilled hot water on him they were making pasta or something yes but you don't find that out until the very end so like they give you cut scenes of gordon like sitting in the front of his house watching his wife with the baby his wife sees him picks up the baby blah 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 goes in the house and then there's this random scene where they're talking and there's a scream and you don't really know what happens Mm -hmm. and then like he's trying to call her and you know something's going on but you don't know know what it is yeah and you kind of just assume that it's him not being able to handle the pressures of fatherhood. Yeah. And I almost thought that from the way that they spoke, I almost thought that the baby was adopted at first. And like, you know how like some, like there are all those stories that like Maybe. you adopt babies from other countries and yeah. like those babies have certain like cognitive, cognitive issues. Like that's where I almost thought that this was going. Mm hmm. And I even said at one point, I'm like, why the fuck does this guy hate his family so much? I'm like, I don't understand. So, but I was so focused on this fucking almost lawyer. So there's a big connection. There's a connection between the patient in the tapes and Gordon. You didn't mm. pick up on this. I did not pick up on this. I, I watched the last 25 minutes on my iPad as I was trying to, like, fight children away from me. Understood. All right. So the patient's last session is session nine. Yes. And that's when the doctor breaks through to the personality that was in charge of this girl who killed her, who killed the little boy that pushed her and the parents. I think it it was called Simon. Yes. Um, Simon took control of the little girl because the little girl let her. Mm Mm-hmm. And when he goes, who, where do you live? Because various personalities, maybe innocence lives in the tongue and the part that looks out for her lives in her belly and so on and so on. Goes, Simon, where do you live? And the little girl in this altered voice, if you, if you notice. All the voices kept changing depending on the personality, which was pretty creepy. Um, This new voice goes, did I write it down? course I didn't but it was super creepy goes I live in the weak and the broken mm, I remember that I remember okay because I thought to myself I was like well Gordon is weak and broken right now this voice the same voice is the same voice that's talking to Gordon throughout the entire movie mm-hmm. every time they show the uh, the wheelchair at the end of the hallway and it goes Gordon and at some points it's it's that standing s- up some points it's flipped yeah. over the same voice that's talking to Gordon throughout the entire movie is the voice, is that voice that told the little mm-hmm. girl to kill the parents. And did you notice that at one point Gordon was sitting outside on Mary's like desecrated grave? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the other thing I found interesting, so it comes out at some point that there's tension between Gordon and his wife because he slapped his wife. Yeah. So he goes home. He didn't slap his wife. Well, he killed her. We're, we're not up to that yet. Oh. For a while in the movie, you just think that they're not speaking because she accidentally spilled boiling water on him. And he was so stressed out because of money issues and baby issues. And he slapped her across the face and she essentially threw him out of the house. Mm -hmm. He tells the other main guy who was that dude from NYPD Blue. What the fuck was his name? I've never seen that show. Not the fat guy, the other main guy. Anyway. 
The redhead? Yes, the redhead. Yeah, number two. She, he tells, oh, I slapped Mary. Right? Mary was her yeah. name. And for people who, like, knew Gordon, this was a big deal. Yeah. Like, Gordon does not act like that. So he tells this guy, oh, Mary's not letting me back in the house. I can't see my daughter. I'm sleeping in a hotel. He's not sleeping in He's a sleeping hotel. in the van outside the asylum. He's sleeping in a van outside of the asylum. And he has... When did this creepy thing with his leg happen? It happened when Wendy spilled the boiling water on his leg. That's what it was That's from? That's what it was from. Because I... There's this cut scene where... Um, wannabe lawyer man mm-hmm. pulls down a box of evidence and yeah. as he's opening the box of evidence people there's cut scenes like people get randomly hurt like little things like some guy gets cut some guy gets sprayed with like a chemical in the eye so i was mm-hmm. like wait a minute did the the, the, the did the leg happen to gordon at that point yeah i that confused me a little bit because there was the cut scene when he's sitting in front of his house and something is moving in his leg. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, is he possessed by like a being? No, that's that was uh, blisters. Yeah, and he's well, pouring something on the blisters. No, no, no. This was before he was pouring uh, things on the blisters. He was pouring things on the blisters outside of the asylum. But even when he did that, I was like, where the f-? I was like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> hmm. OK, continue. Um... So, yeah, Gordon goes nuts, mm-hmm. and he, one by one, he kills all of the guys that work for him. The first one to go is number three, who's a dick. Yes, who's he, the guy that sleeps with the other guy's girlfriend and reminds him of it of every second. But they keep finding him in the asylum. Do you know why? But you think that it's the thing in the asylum. Yeah. And that's what's making everybody crazy. Yep. And the whole thing with the lobotomy scene, holy shit. I was like, oh, my God. Well, that's why... Yeah. Yeah. That's why they were talking, like, how do you... But that's what led me to think that wannabe lawyer man... You thought he did it. Because he was the one that explained how you give a lobotomy. But if you notice, Gordon was paying very close attention. I think it was because they were fucking with his nephew. And he had... fucking with it. His nephew was an idiot. He was just a dumb young kid. Yeah, he was like a... Mullet, mullet boy. They Would they say? Hey, maybe party out back, but we'll make sure he's business up front. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes from, I think, any movie, honestly, is when mullet boy's in the basement. With the black? And, and he's running through the hallway? Yeah. Yes. That's probably one of my favorite scenes from he's any He's running movie. through the hallway... And as he's running, the hallway's turning black and it eventually... Because the power of... goes out. Yes. He's afraid of the dark. Um, he's in a tunnel that connects two, bu- two buildings. The generator- generators run out of gas, and the lights are one by one going out. But the way that they do it, you don't think it's because of the generator. You think it's because... Oh, this- no, you know it's because of the generator. I didn't. I thought it was whatever this being was, oh. was like chasing him and coming to get him. But what's really, but what's really fucked up is he's like hyperventilating, mm-hmm. and he is legit... Swimming in asbestos. Yes. Like the bad asbestos. And like, I, I feel like you need to have some sort of, like, I had a background about asbestos before this. I discussed it while you were gone. What do you think about asbestos? Well, when I was a kid. Go ahead. In elementary school, I remember that they had found asbestos mm-hmm. in my elementary school. Yeah. And it was a big deal. It depends. Well, uh, Listen, I think I was in like first grade 
And I just remember that like people had like flipped out and been like, there's asbestos and kids are going to have to like, like, oh my God, Corona, like people are going to have to like go to school wearing masks and like close the yeah. school down. And I remember that my mother was like hyper concerned because we always had breathing issues growing up. Like I personally remember asbestos being like a big deal. Like it was dangerous and it could be like deadly. I used to live in a house with asbestos. Oh, okay. I was talking about it while you were gone. <laughs> and uh, in, uh, the only type of asbestos that's like dangerous was used in Navy yards and large commercial buildings. Which asbestos is like the actual stuff that they like put up there. It's not like, right? Am I wrong? What do you mean? <sighs> it's a material that you... Right. It's not yeah. like, it's not like a mold. No, it's like a building material over time. Like I used to think it was my like kitchen a tile was asbestos and the the pipes were wrapped okay. in asbestos. I used to think when I was a kid because of things that happened in my school that oh, it was, thought a it was mold. like mold um, that like the uh, school has been overcome by this mold. And like, if you stay here, came. you're all going to die. Gotcha. You know, that's what I had thought. Yeah. Even though whatever, man, you know, then I sold pools and worked with diatomaceous earth. Filters. What? Diatomaceous earth. Okay. It's a carcinogen. It's very bad for you. If anybody's buying a pool, do not buy a diatomaceous earth filter. So yes, the location was spot on. The you, location is one of the things that made the movie. Do you know how I know this location was spot on? Why? Um, there's a YouTube channel that I watch called Proper People. Okay. With these two guys that break into abandoned locations. Okay. And it matches 100% with what you would expect to find from a real abandoned sane asylum. Okay. All right, all right. I've toured insane asylums before. Where? In Salem. We okay. did a... a, a... <gasps> we, oh did my... you ever get into... Um... We should go to Salem. Did you ever get into um, King's Park? No. Back in the day? No. Yeah, me neither. I wish I'd... Session 9, I gave it a 10 out of 12. I would give it a 10. 10 out of 12. I it's a highly... solid movie. It's worth watching. Um, it's not going to be your standard, like, slasher horror. If you have a low attention span, you may not like it because it gets kind of slow in the, in the middle. See, I disagree. I felt like this helped. Like, I'm usually the kind. I can't really sit down and watch a movie. You do it all the time. But no, but I need to be doing something else. Okay. I'm on my computer. Mm. I'm playing, like, I got my Switch out. I'm playing yeah. the Switch. Like, I have something else going on. This movie, I was able to kind of turn everything, like, War Dogs, Dog Soldiers, whatever. Dog Soldiers. That was a I good was, movie. I was able to turn everything else off, and I was, like, engrossed in it. You know what I liked? When they know he's crazy, like, when it's blatantly obvious that he's crazy, the music they play mm -hmm. is similar to the music from Clockwork Orange. Mm. Clockwork Orange. Mm -hmm. Love that movie. Yep. You didn't pick it for psychological thrillers, and neither did I. Um, actually, I think I did, but we said we weren't going to do that because it was, like, too obvious. Didn't we say we were not going to do Silence of the Lambs, Clockwork Orange, or Fight Club? It's, it is 100% on my list. I don't think we said it that. It is 100% on my list. Anyway... I 
you know what's interesting is it took me a while to it, it honestly took me a while to pick up on the fact that Gordon was the bad guy. Me too. Me too. And I, and it I like that. It wasn't until he like went that. into that room with all of the pictures on the wall. And even at that point, I was like, oh, my God, why does this other guy have all of his pic- all of his family's pictures on the wall? I really thought for a very long time that that other the NYPD blue guy yeah. was the bad guy. The only thing I really didn't like about this movie is the effect that they put on Wendy's voice whenever they do the, the uh, flashback. Really? Yeah. If oh, a Clockwork Orange is on my list. Fuck you. Sorry. <sighs> if <laughs> if you go back, whenever they do a flashback to Gordon's wife, they put this like phaser effect on her voice, and, and it just drives me nuts for some reason. Really? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's only, not a regular voice. The only two times you hear her voice is the exact same thing. And that's yeah. when she comes in and is like, oh, roses. And then she spills the yeah. water. And, oh, I'm sorry. And then he yeah. fucking I just don't like out. the effect they put on her voice. I was really pissed off that he killed the baby. And the dog. I didn't even notice the dog. I didn't Neither. give a fuck about the dog. But I was like, please don't kill the baby. Please don't kill the baby. Yeah. And I knew, like, when I saw all the pictures and, like, that red streaks over the baby, I was like, he's going to kill the fucking baby. I, I don't enjoy it when they kill children. I don't. <sighs> what the fuck are we going to do next time? I don't know, Teresa. What do you want to do? I don't know. We, 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 like, so we agreed that... We could revisit the psych thrillers, but we don't know if it should not be right away. two in a row. Not right away. And then we were like, should we do vampire? I feel like I need a little research before I pick vampire movies, though. Yeah, I, I can't give you three vampire movies off the top I of my head. I cannot either, because there is That I'd be ready to argue on. There isn't really a, a very wide selection of them. Because I feel like you had the, like, vampire movie resurgence after Twilight. What do you mean? Vampire, okay, so you had, like... Like Dragon- Underworld? But that's the thing. Yeah, kind of. You know, and like Blade. That's not Those after. Don't count. But it's not like after Twilight. But I feel like. Those don't count. You had a stretch of time where there were vampire movies made, but they were like sucky pop culture vampire movies. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. I, I cannot name off of the top of my head three, like, credible vampire movies. <sighs> Well, we, we found three werewolf movies. We should be able to find three vampire uh, but movies. But I feel like werewolf, like werewolf movies had their thing. Werewolves? No, because I feel like you made... American Werewolf in London came out. All right, out. we had a point. We, we had a, a prerogative. I right. Understand. American Werewolf in London came out, and then you kind of had this short <sighs> resurgence of werewolf movies. Okay? Twilight came out. You had a slight resurgence of vampire things, but they were not good. Like what? The Vampire Diary. Like the Vampire Diaries. Under, Wasn't like, that those? All right. Okay. All right, you know all right, what all right, I mean? All right, all right. You know, like The Walking Dead came out. You had a slight resurgence of zombie movies. Those were granted very much better than the vampire movies. Fair. You know? Yeah. I don't think that there is a credible, um, like, what, what the fuck would we talk about? Dracula, the original. Bram Stoker's. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Nosferatu. Nosferatu, and that's fucking it. Dusk till dawn. Fuck you, dusk till dawn. Fucking dusk till dawn. Why don't we just talk about what was the other John Carpenter one with all the vampires? Vampires. 
Vampires. Yeah, why don't we just talk about that? <laughs> that was Dusk not a great movie. Dusk Till Dawn and Vampires fucking sucked. Dusk Till Dawn was such a good movie. Fuck you. What did you not like about that movie? Everything. Every, first of all, I fucking hate George Clooney, number one. The only thing George Clooney was ever good in was in ER. Everything else he's ever been in has sucked. Hashtag Batman and Robin. So I don't know. Like, what, I don't where know. else do we go? I don't want to do. I don't want to do um, zombie movies. Zombie movies, I feel like, is too big of a thing. That and like, there's a lot of them, but I don't see how deep our discussion can go. Yeah, because they're all kind of the same plot line. Yeah. Zombie movies, you it, it, it's it's all a special effects conversation. It's either zombie movies. It depends on what you consider to be good and whether or not it meets that well, criteria. To be perfectly honest, if Tom do, Savini wasn't involved, do you like it when they run? Yes, no. Like it, you can probably make a a zombie movie flowchart of whether or not you like any zombie movie. Well, there's modern day zombie movies, and then there's like '80s zombie movies. Like, there's a big difference well, it's between, like, like Dawn you, of the Dead and World War Z. Well, do you like when they run? Yes, no. No. Do you like B-movies? Yes, no. Yes. And then I could probably just assign every zombie movie that was ever made, just file them according to those criteria, yeah. and yes. that's it. It's very cool. Like, I feel like I would have a discussion about all of the late 70s, early 80s zombie movies, where you would have more of a conversation yeah. like... Okay. 28 Days Later and like World War Z kind of zombie movies. And I'm like, no, Night of the Living Dead. Not Night of the Living Dead. What was the one in the graveyard? Not Dawn of the Dead, not Day of the Dead. Uh, Return. Return of the Dead? Yep. I would be like, that's the fucking greatest movie ever made. <laughs> Come on. She stands on a grave and dances half naked. You want to do like... Where do we go now? Trippy surreal movies? Like what? Trippy... Well, like what? Like, like Dazed and Confused or no, like no, The no, Big no. Lebowski? Um, do we want to like stay with the horror genre or do we want to branch out? Branch out to what? I don't know. Word. But until then, I've been Justin. Say lovey. I've been Justin. I've been Teresa. There you go. (laughs) We're a perfect mess. Hashtag true. And I guess we'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye, kids.